0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Illusiono, from the master of movie horror himself, William Castle. Ghosts will materialize in ectoplasmic color, viewable only through the magic of Illusiono, the ghost viewer. Ectoplasmic color, only available in blue and red. The with the in and the the in and
1: Light making a stand. the smell of death is and
0: not when the cold wind blows. No one cares, knows. hello my name is Chris
2: my name is Kelsey
0: and this is pod cemetery where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are this week a double feature 1960s 13 Ghosts and 2001s 13-nen Ghosts. (laughs) And if you stick around to the end of the episode, we saw the 2018 Halloween sequel that's also called Halloween. (laughs) We saw it and we're going to talk about it. There will be spoiler-free talk and then there will be spoiler-filled talk. If you haven't seen it yet, in the spoiler-free talk we'll talk about whether or not we think you should go see it. So stick around for that at the end of the episode. But Kelsey, before we talk about our first movie, what do we do? Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. Why don't you give me your question?
2: What film was the first collaboration between writer-director M. Night Shyamalan and actor Bruce Willis?
0: Unbreakable. No, not true. Not true. Sorry, I'm just thinking about that because Glass glass is on the mind. There's a a trailer for Glass. (laughs) It's the sixth sense, obviously. (laughs) Fail. I called it beforehand. (laughs) It's obviously the sixth sense.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: I was just had unbreakable on the mind. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) So, what is your question?
0: What was the tagline for 1986's The Fly? And was also spoken in the film by Veronica as a warning to the girl Seth brings back from the bar.
2: He's not what he seems.
0: No. Kelsey doesn't like this movie. I uh,
2: I like it. It's hard for me to watch.
0: Because it has that gross-out, Cronenbergian...
2: And it's about insects. Body horror he and... He turns into an insect, which I cannot stand.
0: The tagline is...
2: Be afraid. Be very afraid. Really? Yes. That's the tagline? You've never
0: heard, be afraid, be very afraid?
2: Yes, I've heard it a lot. That's,
0: that's from The Fly.
2: It's just a thing people say. It's- yeah, but... I don't know that it came from the fly.
0: No, it's absolutely from the fly. 100%.
2: So before that, nobody ever said, be afraid, be very afraid? Not like
0: that, no. Okay, all right. The reason people say it now is because of the- God damn it, Kelsey! (laughs) 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 All right. Moving on, we are going to talk about 1960s 13 ghosts.
2: Because this is a recommendation from Chloe. Thank
0: you, Chloe. This is a good recommendation. It's the kind of follow-up to our double feature on The House on Haunted Hill. These are two movies (laughs) directed by William Castle and then subsequently remade by his daughter. His daughter produced them. She
2: created Dark Castle. Dark
0: Castle Productions. And this is the second movie that they did after they did House on Haunted Hill. So 13 Ghosts from 1960, directed by William Castle, written by Rob White and starring Charles Herbert, Joe Morrow, and... Martin Milner. Kelsey, what is 13 Ghosts about?
2: A family inherits a house that supposedly contains 13 ghosts. And...
0: That's about it. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's kind of
0: it. <laughs> For a movie just so remarkably dense with exposition and explaining things to you <laughs> and not much actually happening, it's a very simple premise. Yes. They inherit this house from this dude's uncle turns out he was some sort of ghost hunter gatherer and he collected these ghosts and now they're living in this house with all these ghosts in it. Yes. Should people watch it though?
2: If you're into 60s silly horror movies, yeah. I mean like, look, I didn't hate it. (laughs) Like it's good fun.
0: Yeah. That should say a lot to you, audience. (laughs) All right, It's all, it's it's
2: all in good fun. It's
0: exactly what it is. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about it in depth. It is on YouTube.
2: Yeah, you can't find it any- Oh, no, you can.
0: You can you can <laughs> rent it. But, yeah, it's not streaming anywhere, which is kind of a bummer. And on YouTube, you can watch it with the uh, red and blue Illusiono, which is the, the new gimmick for this movie. In the last movie they did they introduced two gimmicks in house on haunted hill and that was the uh what was it called it was the screaming noises and the the soundtrack that happens at the very beginning when you hear screams and and bubbling and chains and doors creaking and all of that that spawned a whole phenomenon of people getting these soundtracks and playing them at their houses during halloween this does that too and instead of the skeleton flying around in the theater, they introduced this new thing called Illusiono, because William Castle was incapable of making a movie without a gimmick. This one was not 3D. You'd be forgiven for thinking that it was about being in 3D, but it was not. You get something called a Ghost Viewer. <laughs> It it had a red filter and a blue filter, and the red filter would make the ghosts look more clear, and you can see them better. And William Castle said, if you believe in ghosts, look through the red filter. Uh, If you don't believe in ghosts, look through the blue, which would hide them. And make it harder to see the ghosts. I don't know why, if you don't believe in ghosts, we're not going to show you ghosts? Like, what's the... (laughs) The gimmick is dumb, people. It's real dumb. But that's in this one. And And
2: he he does a whole introduction at the beginning of the movie telling you how to use them.
0: Yeah, and while you're watching it, if you watch one of the ones that allows you to do this... Like, if you have one of those red and blue 3D viewers, you can just, like, look through one of them to see the same effect... And if you watch it on YouTube and you get one of those, it'll say at the bottom, use viewer and remove viewer. We got like basically fed up warning with it. you anytime there were ghosts.
2: We got fed up with it because if you don't have it, then you can barely tell what's happening. Yeah. So we ended up just buying it.
0: One of the black and white restorations where they just get rid of that gimmick altogether.
2: Otherwise, you couldn't see what the ghost was supposed to look like.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if that's intriguing to you, If that gimmick makes it seem the gimmick that you can almost not even use, if that seems interesting to you, go ahead and watch it. Yes. And when we get back, we will talk about 1960s 13 Ghosts. Listen to William Castle,
3: whom the Saturday Evening Post calls the master of movie horror. Do you believe in ghosts? I do. And you will, too, when you come to this theater and see my picture 13 ghosts. When you see 13 ghosts, you'll be given a supernatural viewer like this, which will enable you to penetrate for the first time into the spirit world. It'll let you see all 13 of our weird, wonderful, and wildly assorted ghosts. Now, brace yourself as we take you across the threshold of our haunted mansion, where there's a ghost for everyone in the family, father, mother, sister, Brother, You'll be scared stiff too when you see what they see. Thirteen ghosts, materializing in ectoplasmic color through the magic of Illusiono. The ghost viewer, the ghost of a lion in the basement. The ghost of a murderous cook in the kitchen. The ghost who speaks through the lips of the living. The evil ghost in the bedroom, fighting to take possession of this beautiful girl. You'll feel all the thrills and chills of seeing one ghost multiplied by the magic number 13.
0: Kelsey, why don't you get us started? What happens in 13 ghosts?
2: Before we even get to him showing us how to use the ghost viewer, they show us all of the ghosts... Except for 13, they have a question mark for number 13.
0: Yes, you see, number five wrote down, number five is a chef, apparently.
2: 10 and 11
0: are a lion and a lion tamer. They
2: are silly.
0: Yeah, this is just, it was literally just them, like, hey, what if we promised there were 13 different ghosts? That could get people into the theaters. Oh, shit, now I gotta come up with 13 ghosts. Uh, Just fucking whatever. Just come up with anything. Oh, what if a lion tamer died and then they killed the lion? (laughs) And they were both ghosts. What if the chef, he's a chef, right? And then he gets into an argument with his mother in law and his sister in law.
2: Oh, was it his mother in law? And and then
0: kills them. I thought it was
2: his wife.
0: His wife might be one of them, but he, he kills multiple people. Yeah. And why he needs to be a chef? Well, that explains why he has a meat cleaver. And then we can give him a chef's hat and an Anything's apron. He hangs out
2: in the kitchen. In the kitchen.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's just them trying to come up with ghosts and then trying to fit them into the narrative ever so slightly.
2: It's goofy.
0: It is a little goofy.
2: Pass all of Castle's introduction. and It's long.
0: Yeah. Telling it's... you how to use the ghost viewers. And he talks to his, I wrote this down, <sighs> skeleton crew.
2: Yes, he did. <laughs> anyway, so we get to meet our main guy. He is, I guess, like he works at the Brea Tarpit.
0: The La Brea Tar Pits.
2: As like a teacher but like a guide but when people walk with him they take notes I don't I don't know
0: yeah his name is Cyrus Zorba (laughs) why his name is so bizarre Eh, They wanted to come up with something neat I guess
2: (laughs) he is he is not well off he does not make a lot of money his wife called to let him know hey they're taking our furniture again
0: and it's kind of funny that she's kind of resigned to this and it's almost good-natured and he's like well that's i could have sworn i paid that bill mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just absent-minded and
2: yeah even later like at one point their young son is like why are they taking the furniture and the mom's like well because your father is a wonderful man He's just very forgetful. Yeah. So the idea is kind of that he just forgets to pay his debts, but at the same time, he also doesn't have any money. Right. Because when he asks her, how much do we have in the bank? She's like $2. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But this is interesting to me because they're making the protagonist happy-go-lucky. Yes. But down on his luck. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that that was pretty intriguing. Mm Mm-hmm. And the family just kind of went along with it. And he has an older daughter and a younger son.
2: Yeah, so he comes home, and it is their young son's birthday, and he keeps reading a book like with ghost stories, and the parents are like annoyed by it, and they totally treat it like a phone, like you would uh with a kid on their phone today, like they take it out of his hand, and they're like, no more for now. Uh It's just so funny that like there was a time when a book was at the same level as a cell phone. That's funny.
0: I agree. And it's like his birthday or whatever, It's his
2: birthday. And so they've got a cake for him. And they're like, you know, what are you wishing for? And he's like, I can't tell you or it won't come true. No,
0: no, no. He says he's not going to tell them. And they say, how do you expect your wish to come true if you don't say it out loud?
2: Exactly. And in fact, the sister says it must be something bad if you won't (laughs) say it out loud.
0: Like, I guess in the 60s. Jesus. Well, I'm just saying, I I guess in the 60s that was bizarre. Because nowadays it's if you say your wish out loud, it doesn't come true.
2: So then a telegram
0: shows up. A a creepy telegram guy. Yes. Cyrus Zorba. And then he disappears. Telegram for you. He just kind of appears out of nowhere (laughs) and then disappears.
2: And this is right after he, the kid does say his wish, which is that he wishes he could live in a house where no one could ever take their furniture away.
0: Yeah, and that's when that telegram comes, and the daughter asks, you haven't done anything you could be arrested for, have you, daddy? And he's like, no. Well, not lately. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's they're a really cute family. Yes, they are. And he finds out fr- that his uncle has died. And he says, that's weird. I thought my uncle died 10 years ago in India. And he is asked to go to his attorney because he has been left something from his uncle. He gives him a package and he tells him, you have been left a house. And he says, Dr.
0: Zorba. Zorba. Ex- Plato Zorba.
2: Ex- uh, experimented with the occult, and he collected ghosts from around the world, which you will now inherit because they are in the house.
0: Yeah, he says, Dr. Zorba collected ghosts from all over the world. You'll inherit them, too. And then the guy laughs, and and then the lawyer seriously says, they come with the house. <laughs> He's like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) You will get
2: ghosts. (laughs) Yeah, so clearly the attorney believes in this shit.
0: Yes. This is one thing that really struck me about the movie is literally everyone that hears about the ghosts almost instantly believes in them. If if they see a ghost, they're like, that was a ghost. This place is haunted. And people that just hear and never see them are like Zorba's boss instantly believes in the ghosts. The lawyer from Jump Street is like, no, these ghosts are real. We find out later why he thinks that. The The housemaid is like, oh, this place is haunted AF.
2: <laughs> he also receives a package. And at first, I think he's a little nervous to open it. And the wife is just like, it's probably a hand-painted Christmas tie. What? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that? Why would you assume it's a hand-painted Christmas tie? Very just I don't know what
0: kind of joke that is. It's 60s humor, I guess. I
2: guess. When he opens it, this wind comes out. Oh,
0: so melodramatic and hilarious.
2: And then we all of a sudden see this enormous fly buzzing around. Uh And that's important simply because it lands on... So he opens it up, and it ends up being glasses, and the bug hits the glasses and dies. These,
0: like, overgrown, <laughs> like, they look like safety glasses, but they shock the fly. Okay, so a fly lands on these glasses that you've just revealed, and it, it like, blows up virtually. It just gets electrocuted, and poof. Would you ever put those glasses on? No! Never! No. Not in a million years! So I'm sorry, these glasses just electrocuted a fly. I am putting them nowhere near my face.
2: So they go to the house, and it's really funny. They even remark about the fact that was fast, and he's like, well, we don't have anything to bring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the house is the Winchester Mystery House.
2: Is that where they filmed it?
0: That's that's the outside of the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, the inside of the house is a set, but the outside of the house is the Winchester Mystery House. That makes sense.
2: So the attorney comes for him to, like, sign some papers, and the kid is like, watch out for the witch in the house. And he's like, there's a witch in the house? And we we see that their maid is They're, the same actress.
0: Margaret Hamilton.
2: That played the Wicked Witch of the West.
0: And her name, uh, the character's name is Elaine Zacharides, Zacharides, something like that. And she carries around a broom the first time we see her. And they keep calling her a witch. And obviously she's involved in this haunted house. So it's very creepy. And it's 1960, so it's an in-joke. Everyone knows she's the Wicked Witch. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was kind of cute.
2: It reminded me of um, (laughs) A League of Their Own. I loved you in The Wizard of Oz.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very good.
2: (laughs) Okay, so we immediately see... That the older daughter is very interested in this attorney. Yes. <laughs> she well, finds him Well, he's a very young, attractive. successful,
0: attractive attorney. And she's pretty old. I don't know if she's just supposed to be in there. Like, if she's supposed to be a teenager or if she's actually in her 20s still living at home because she hasn't married yet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's what I kind of took it as. She's in her very early 20s and it's back in the 60s when you just waited till you got married. Yeah. Which is, you know, probably a big reason why they have no money. I mean, the only one in the family making money is the dad. Yeah. And he's absent-minded and he works in a museum.
0: Like, yeah, how much money could he possibly be making?
2: Yeah, because the wife doesn't work and his daughter doesn't work. So, also, the father is kind of, the father and the mother are kind of the only ones who are like dead set on not believing in the ghosts. And he explains to him, look, if you had seen your uncle like I did before he died, you would certainly believe in them. He says his his back was broken, his face was shredded, and his lips were torn away.
0: Right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Um, we see him later.
2: Yes, we do. And he
0: is none of those things. <laughs>
2: And then, of course, the daughter is like, let's have him stay for supper. And the attorney is totally down. Yeah. Which we'll find out why later. He
0: likes staying in this house as often as possible. He comes by and visits frequently.
2: (laughs) And during this time, the sister keeps chastising the little brother for doing things that she doesn't approve of. And one such thing is that he likes to slide down the banister
0: of the stairs, which will become very important later on. Like, okay extremely important it is a central <laughs> plot point in this movie that this kid likes sliding down the banister
2: <laughs> so yeah so he stays for dinner and then the kid randomly finds a button that makes something open up so like this is kind of like house on haunted hill there's a lot of trick trick things inside Yeah, the secret house. compartments
0: and things move and stuff like that and the first one we find is that the kid finds a Ouija board.
2: Yes, which they call a Ouija.
0: Yeah. Which is an acceptable pronunciation of the original word. Oh, no,
2: is it really? Yes. Then so why do we call it Ouija?
0: It's just what it evolved into. That's also an acceptable pronunciation. And the description they give it when he explains what it is, is true. It's for we and ya. Ja. It's French and German.
2: So wouldn't it be yes we-ya? Yes.
0: Well, if you're in the original pronunciation, Yeah. But it's not. It's a Ouija board.
2: I'm calling it Wee-Yah from now on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wee-Yah. Okay. And so they all gather around. They find the planchette.
2: I think they call it a planchette.
0: Yes. Oh, you think? (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing you know or you don't know. Okay.
2: He also finds a book with a lot of Latin in it. Yeah. And he says, which will become important. Yes. And he says, oh, I'll take it to my boss, because my boss can speak Latin, and the attorney tries to get him not to.
0: Yeah, the attorney's like, oh, well, I got a guy down, I can get it translated for you, and he's like, no, no, no my, my boss speaks Latin, he can do it for free, you know? Mm-hmm. The guy's like, mm, shucks.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Curses. <laughs> so they all sit down to play the game, and they're like, you know, you gotta take it seriously, you can't ask silly questions, um, you all have to have your fingers on the planchette, whatever... And the lawyer goes, I've got a question. Is Medea in love? Because, yes, the daughter's name is Medea. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they, it gets no answer, and they because ascribe that it's a it's silly, silly question. question.
2: Uh, so the, the boy asks, are there any ghosts in the house? Yes. How many? How many? many? 13. 13. Are they going to hurt us? Yes. yes. At that point, after he gets it to say that they're going to hurt them... That's when the parents and the attorney get up and they're like, don't fool around with this anymore. And the brother and sister are like, fuck that. Yeah. Let's ask it more questions. So then the sister suggests, how about we ask it a question, but we don't touch it?
0: Yes. This is a little test. Keep that in mind. This is a test to see if this is real or not, which we've talked about before about how Ouija boards work. It's subconscious impulses that's all it is you you don't know you're doing it and you're doing that and because you're allowing it to move wherever it quote-unquote wants to go when you make slight subconscious motions anyone does that's just where it goes because everyone lets it go that way and they kind of ease it along that path so they're like well let's not touch it see if we can figure out if this is real remember this is a test there are two results real or not They ask it, are they going to kill any of us? The painting that's above the fireplace falls down and they all get freaked out. And then the planchette levitates off. the. It doesn't just move on its own. (laughs) It levitates off the board. It turns around and flies over to Medea and points at her. No,
2: lands in her lap. And
0: then it lands in her lap. It, fl- it turns to point at her and then drops in her lap. And then they write it off as a silly game.
2: We're all seeing things. What? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's absurd. I also, I love her response, though. She's like, don't ask it when. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. This just
0: like a joke. This is the one time that's contrary to what I said before about how everyone's just totally willing to... Uh, Go along with the ghost thing And they totally believe it at all times This is the one time where it's like The evidence is staring you right in the face And they're just in denial
2: Mm-hmm. They are in the bedroom The mother and the father Who have separate beds again Always
0: Do they? I didn't notice yeah, that Yeah, they're in
2: separate beds
0: Oh, interesting No, this is before this I got something before this Oh, okay So while the lawyer's there He talks to Cyrus And they read the details of the will And because they moved in, they have to stay, and they cannot sell the house. If for whatever reason they leave or they never move in, the house goes to the state. They can never sell it and make a dime off of it. And since they're down on their luck and have no money, have no furniture, they're going to get evicted eventually, they got to move in. Cyrus says just not paying rent saves half of his salary.
2: Yeah, that's what they, ha- that's the conversation they have inside yeah. the bedroom. Yeah.
0: This is basically a real contrived plot point to make it to where even if there are ghosts, they're still staying there and they don't move out and sell it immediately.
2: Exactly. So then they hear moaning and some flowers die. But, of course, they ignore all that. Um, However, when the the father says, I'm going to go say goodnight to the kids, the mom says, leave the door open. And and I love his response. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the son fell asleep and the father leaves the light on, which I think was cute. Then he goes to say goodnight to his daughter and she explains that she really likes the house. She likes the antiques. um, And this is when it comes up with, oh, we're just all imagining things. Yeah. Nobody actually saw that thing fly. No. You must have picked it up and put it on your own lap. Yeah. And she's like, do you really think there's any ghosts in this house? And he goes, of course not. Um, so then he walks away. And I think he hears more moaning, which is why he goes downstairs again.
0: So it's this time at night when we get our first moment when it's like, use viewer. <laughs> it doesn't say that, but you can hear it in your head. Whenever no, you see it says me. that. No, I, I mean like.
2: Oh, it doesn't actually say it. it yeah, it,
0: it reads text. it. Yeah, but it's all caps and it takes up so much of the screen that it's like. You could just hear that in your head. Use viewer. <laughs> and we, the camera just kind of pans over to the fireplace and we see a ghost hanging from a noose and then it gets yanked up into the ceiling out of our view. And then we see an executioner ghost with an ax behead right. another body. With, like
2: laughing and stuff.
0: Yeah. And so that's the first viewer moment. And the second viewer moment the father, Cyrus, is about to see, as he goes looking around the house, he finds a door with...
2: A wall behind it. Okay. And kind of like the Winchester would right. have.
0: But he just kind of pushes on it a little bit, <laughs> and then it just slides open.
2: <laughs> what the fuck is the point? I guess Plato was just under the impression that if you open the door, saw a wall, you would say, ha! And then close <laughs> the door.
0: All you gotta do is just kind of push on it a little bit, <laughs> and it slides open. Uh-huh. And he finds... This study, secret study thing. Yeah,
2: it's like a laboratory kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and he pulls his glasses out.
2: Yes. He takes out the glasses that earlier killed the fly.
0: Yes, and he actually puts them on. Use viewers! Yes. (laughs) And he looks at the the book of Latin, which he set down on the table. You see the number 13 emblazoned on the cover, and then it... Literally goes up in a blaze and (laughs) catches fire and then he looks over and he sees like a skeleton and others including a floating head just kind of appear in the empty space in the room and they're just kind of like a jiggling it's
2: bad it's I mean this is the shit that you can now go into any grocery store around Halloween time and buy right this isn't even stuff that like you have to go to a specific like scary store like a a spirit Halloween store yes
0: no it's not even spirit Halloween good you're right <laughs> it's it's like If you could imagine when people went into a Like a haunted house Like we go to now just like somebody's house on the street And you walk through their garage or whatever <laughs> But back in the 60s That's like a really cheap Fake skeleton And you know it's just It's real bad, bad. And they're just kind of like uh, bleh, 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 bleh. Uh, And then there's like smoke
2: There's a lot of smoke They
0: go up in smoke And then there's like this flaming wheel and it spins oh yeah and then it kind of like comes at i'm like ah
2: and the father's <laughs> face and screams are hilarious he looks like he is looking into the face of death itself yeah <laughs> it is it is ridiculous and then it just kind of disappears
0: well yeah and then when he takes the glasses off i don't know if it's the glasses or not but the number 13 gets burned into his hand
2: that's right yes and but like now he's fine.
0: Yeah, he's like, huh? That was weird.
2: Even though just five <laughs> seconds ago, like I said, he was looking like he was like, yeah, it's the banshee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's like, like I said, it's 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 not the the fact that there are ghosts is not the problem. <laughs> It's that there are ghosts. People know there are ghosts. And they're just like, huh, there are ghosts. <laughs> That's like it. Yeah. He had that moment of terror and then just, well, that was weird. <laughs> There's literally the thir- the number 13 branded on my hand. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, back to bed.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So he takes the book to his boss uh, to translate. And the boss is like, really freaked out. He, he looks up Dr. Zorba because he's so interested in what's in this book and apparently Dr. Zorba believed, quote, the ghosts are unhappily earthbound because of unsolved problems. He also believed if you could see a ghost you could control it. And that's how he collected them. He collected 11 and said that he was the 12th and that he was earthbound because of crimes committed against him. At least until he got his revenge. There is a space for 13, but it's empty in the book because there's an entry for every one of the ghosts. The space for 13 is empty. And the idea is that once the 13th ghost arrives, everyone has their revenge. You know, Zorba has his revenge and now Zorba's ghost can go away. And then when Zorba's ghost goes away, I guess the other 11 ghosts can leave too. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's the explanation. I don't know. There's a lot of talking about this stuff. <laughs> and very little, like, actual, like, truth. Mm-hmm. But who's the 13th ghost? Could it be Medea? Because the Ouija board planchette pointed to her? No, it's not. It's not Madea. <laughs> not I d- it's a complete red herring, that one. It is. So we we learn about... Plato Zorba collecting all of these ghosts. Mm-hmm. And he gets a call from his wife, who says you need to come home right now. His boss tells him, you know, I'm really worried about the ghosts. And everyone's just like, they're ghosts, they're ghosts, they're ghosts. We're talking about ghosts like they're a real thing. Eh. And nobody's afraid of being like, "Like, hey, yeah, did you know there's ghosts in my house? And the boss is like, yeah, that's interesting, ghosts. This Zorba guy believes in ghosts. And they're just... I. It's so... like." I don't want to say... Yeah, I guess they're kind of blasé about it. A little bit. Yeah. Um, well, the
2: mom's afraid. Yes, the, the mom, mom is afraid. out.
0: Yeah, but, you know, like but we the said, kid, they can't leave.
2: The kid loves ghost stories, so he's totally he's into totally it. He's totally
0: into it. And so when he goes home and, and goes to the kitchen, uh, because his wife takes him in there, we see the chef. Oh. And he just, like, meat cleaver in somebody's head. It's and, like,
2: literally a person... Wearing like a black hood over their face,
0: and they have you can a chef's see the hat. Outline and, of the yeah. face. <laughs> it's the same effect that was used back in the '20s <laughs> in the Phantom Carriage mm. to have like an overlay, a ghostly overlay on top. It's that literally the same effect where they film something in a completely black room, and everything black doesn't show up, and everything that's not black shows up kind of like at a 50% transparency because they lay it over the actual film. (laughs) I wrote down, Jesus, this movie is like 80% exposition. Mm. I'll trust Kelsey is getting all of this. (laughs) Because they just talk and they 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 talk some more. (laughs) Zorba almost gets decapitated by the knife flying through the kitchen. Again, huh. The chef's name is Emilio, the kid tells us. And he killed his wife, his mother-in-law, and his sister-in-law.
2: There you go. And for some reason, this doesn't scare the kid at all. He's just like, you just got to wait till he's done with his
0: temper tantrum. Yeah. Oh, him? That's Emilio. <laughs> Emilio!
2: <laughs> so, they
0: stay there another night. Yep.
2: And, and and this is great. The father is just like, oh, I don't think the ghosts will hurt the children. Things will calm down. Like, we'll just learn to get along together. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. We're just going to live in a house with ghosts.
2: So they decide to talk to the maid, because clearly she's the one that has the information that they need. She explains that Plato could control them while he was alive. Now that he's dead, he cannot control them. He stopped trusting anybody, including her, so she was like his helper. Yeah. She would help him collect the ghosts, and... Now, he, she's like, oh, he wouldn't even trust me at the end. He turned against me. He converted everything into cash. And no one knows what he did with the money. He never gave away anything. So, if you're thinking that he might have gotten rid of that money, you're wrong. He definitely would have kept it. No idea where it is, though. He has cursed you by giving you this house. She's like, you know, you should get out of this house now if you want to live. But... The father, I don't remember why, but kind of goes into Plato's old room. Oh, yeah. He's with them. He's with the maid and the wife. And the maid's like, you'll learn not to come in here just as I have. Mm-hmm. And the maid and the mom leave. And he, like, stays behind. And then a candle comes oh, up. I love
0: this effect. And it So the, <laughs> the candles light themselves. And then one candle. It floats. And it kind of hovers around the room and the way they do this effect because, okay, so whenever they, they light candles and they light three of them originally, right, the the maid, the Wicked Witch, lights the candles and it's one and the lights on the set get a little bit brighter and then she lights a second and they get a little bit brighter. It's like the whole set. It's not just coming from the candles. It's awesome. And then the third and it gets normal brightness like it's a daytime scene. All the candles go out on him, and then they relight themselves, and then this candle floats around, and then when it gets close to the bedpost on the bed, there's literally a spotlight on the bedpost, supposing to mimic the candlelight. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then it's like the candle kind of like points to the bedpost, <laughs> and then hovers down to a specific spot, and where Cyrus finds a, a little like a, like a button, and he presses the button. And, okay, so it's a four-poster bed with a canopy, and then the whole thing just lowers. Not the bed, the four-posts, or the canopy, lowers down on the posts. It slides down them. Like, mechanically. Just, for to what end? To what end?
2: To crush someone to death.
0: I, I, I guess, maybe.
2: Because... You couldn't possibly see it happening and jump oh, off the bed before it, is it crushes you.
0: Super slow. Oh my! God. And why? Like under what what circumstances would there have to be for this to be of any use? But I do like the candle effect. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It has a lot of personality. It's like something you might see in a theme park ride. It's <laughs> it's kind of cool, and then it rises back up. And Cyrus just fucking leaves the room.
2: Yep. That was weird.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, huh. That's interesting.
2: So then we see the lawyer who has taken the daughter out for an evening. Uh He is dropping her off. And uh, he says, I'll see you tomorrow. And she goes, I hope so. God, remember a time when, like. I don't remember a time like that. Yeah. Uh huh. When it would be like you'd go out with somebody and it would be like, we'll see each other tomorrow. Yeah. Like in your first dating, like now it's got to, you got to act like, oh, I don't care for like a week until you go on your uh next (laughs) date. Um, Three
0: days. (laughs) But that night, we see a ghost inside Medea's room. Now, I can't tell you if this is a used viewer moment because by this time we switched over to the actual rented black and white version. Because We wanted to clearly see the ghosts, but I at the time I was like, This ghost is tangible, it's not transparent at all. It's like a dude in a suit wearing a mask, and he has like cobwebs on him, but he's
2: creepy looking.
0: Yeah, and Medea sees him and she and she freaks out, he jumps out at her. Uh, I it's supposed to be Plato, and and he just kind of shuffles around.
2: And scares her. And
0: scares her. And then and then they go back in and they're like, see, there's nobody here. And that's the end of it. Well, to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. We're going to sleep.
2: Meanwhile, the son decides to go exploring in the creepy basement. Yeah. As
0: you do. And he finds a chest and he opens it up. And it, there you see an ad for Shadrach the Great.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And it says Shadrach the Great will insert his head into the jaws of a ferocious lion. Here's a little, Kelsey. You went to what is it? CBD?
2: <laughs> CCD. CCD. What about um,
0: it? Do you know the sh- the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? No. Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are three dudes in the Book of Daniel, which is like folk tales for the Bible. And they refuse to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar, which is who the ship in Matrix is named after. And so he has them thrown into like an oven and turns the fire on and they are preserved from harm uh, by a spirit and the king sees there's a fourth body in this furnace and they they don't end up getting burned, and presumably it's because they refuse to honor
2: a false god like a
0: false idol, yeah, that's Shadnak, Meshach, and Abednego. Why this character's name is Shadrach the Great? I do not know. That
2: might just be his name. Shadrach might just be his name.
0: Shadrach is a very famous biblical name for this thing I don't know in how fam- is,
2: famous that is, considering I went to three religious schools and, as you said, went to CCD and went to church every Sunday for, like, nine years of my life. Yeah, but how
0: much attention did you really pay? <laughs>
2: I'm saying...
0: I heard that name and I immediately thought of these three. Okay. And I did not go to Catholic school. (laughs) Uh, In any case, Shadrach the Great, uh, he's going to put his head into a lion. And so he puts on, like, the cape and all that. And he pretends to be Shadrach the Great. And a ghost lion appears. He lets it out of the cage.
2: Yeah, for some reason he decides to open up the cage and let it out. Well, the cage doesn't
0: have anything in it at first, I think. And then the lion appears... And it comes out, and it starts to, like, swipe at him. And, you know, this is one of those adventurous filmmaking times where they just would bring a lion into a place and oh, film no. it. Oh, no.
2: Actually, I was going to say, it looks very much like he is not in the same place. Because the kid no, 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 is looking, what I'm saying. like, well
0: above the lion's totally. head. Totally. I'm saying <laughs> the lion was filmed in isolation. Oh. It just, like, brought onto a set somewhere. And just like the MGM lion was brought onto his set and they just had a lion there and a bunch of cameras and sound dudes and they just filmed it going nuts.
2: And the kid's like licking his lips and like.
0: Like, oh, this is an adventure Yeah,
2: like not afraid at all. And then we get to see Shadrach.
0: Yeah, just when the lion's about to attack the kid, Shadrach with his whip. And like fights off the lion. And so what you gather in the making of this scene is that it's literally a lion tamer. With, like, a really bad effect. Like, I did this when I was, like, 11. My dad built this harness thing that would sit on top of my shoulders. And then we put a big, like, London fog coat around it. So, my shoulders were, like, elbow level to, you know, this... this Coat, and then it would look like it was headless. And then my head would poke out, and then it would hold on to my head like, oh, uh, that was my thing. So, this is the lion tamer's arms, which he cannot bend. The actual actor cannot bend his arms because his arm at the shoulder is the elbow of this fake Shadrach. And so, imagine Shadrach, the actual character with no head. Has his elbows to his side and never moves them and just kind of waves his arms about. Yes, it at looks the elbow. Really terrible. <laughs> it looks really bad. But this is literally a lion tamer with an actual lion interacting with a real lion, and then he like goes to put his head in his mouth where and there we is no see head. The
2: head fall to the ground.
0: Yes, and like no, 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 no. We don't see. There is no head. He's always headless.
2: I remember specifically okay. being like, holy fuck.
0: But the lion, like, bites it where the head is, and then you can see it, like, chewing on the stump of the neck, which is literally on top. It, a dude's head is in there, and it's just chewing on it. It's like this rubbery thing. And it's impressive and totally unimpressive, both at the same time. It's kind of nuts.
2: Yeah, it it's... It's bad, but I see what you're saying.
0: <laughs> that the dude sticks his head into a lion's mouth and it just chews on it effectively. <laughs> anyway, this is the the fifth ghostly apparition. Guys, don't worry. If you're worried you're going to have to sit through all 13 apparitions, you don't. <laughs> there are like seven moments where you see ghosts and that's it. And we're approaching the end of that. So... Uh, Buck figures that the dude, because it does kind of look like that, the dude kind of like puts his neck stump into the mouth. What Buck, the kid, figures is that that's Shadrach looking for his head in the lion's mouth. <laughs> and then the lion just kind of chews on the neck. <laughs> anyway, Ben, because they're like, this shit needs to stop. Finally. What choice do we have now at this point? And so Ben, the lawyer, is like, tell you what, I think I can argue that you didn't actually move in yet. And yeah, you have to give it to the state, but I bet the state will give you like 10 grand.
2: Well, he doesn't say that until he finds out that the little boy... Has found money. All
0: right. I didn't write this down. Remember when I said that the boy sliding down the banister was a pivotal plot point? This is the moment. He slides down the banister and like 200 bucks falls out. Yep. And he finds it and he tells Ben. And Ben's like, where the fuck? And he's like, oh, I was sliding down the banister and it just came out. It's like, huh? And so Ben knows the money is here.
2: So, and the, this is a really creepy moment from from our perspective. Yeah,
0: now modern days, because Ben's like, this is our little secret. secret. You
2: keep mine. Yeah, don't
0: tell anybody. There's we're a gonna treasure a hidden
2: in this house, and we're going to find it alone together. Yeah. And you're not going to tell your parents about it. It's It's like... I know for the time that you definitely weren't thinking this. Right. But from our perspective, it seems very much. Especially
0: since Buck is like, you know, like, hey, dad, (laughs) Ben and I have a secret. It's like, oh, really? That's neat. What is it? Oh, I can't tell you. Oh, oh, well, I guess you're right. Those are the rules, of secrets. Well, see ya. Like, just doesn't like.
2: (laughs) the way people act. It is nuts how different <laughs> nuts. society was. It's so nuts. I mean, that's why that shit happened all the time and yeah. nothing ever happened.
0: So, well, he's, a, he's an adult. He must be responsible.
2: Yeah. So, like, for a while, you're like, oh, my God, I guess the attorney is just going to fucking straight up rob them. And then you find out that, yes, that is that his is plan. That is literally what's going to happen. He wants to just straight up rob this his family plan, who is penniless. Yes.
0: His plan is to find the money. Give them ten grand, say it's from the state, and then hand the, the house over to the estate. Mm-hmm. That's what Ben's plan is, and but, that's why he keeps coming over.
2: But before he can do that, they decide to hold a seance with the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes. <laughs> because I think they want to find the spirit of Zorba and find out what happened to him? Yes. If we could find the spirit of Zorba, I wonder what we'd find out. Because at this point, you can tell... That he was probably murdered by someone. And at this point, you're probably guessing it was the attorney. (laughs) Guess what? It was the attorney. (laughs) It's so funny. So they sit down to a seance. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with the brother, like the son, like Chris said. I have a secret. You do? I do. Okay. And nobody cares. (laughs) And he brings it up several times. Uh And it's just like nobody ever pushes the subject.
0: One time. One time. One time. To his father over the phone while Ben's there with him. And Ben's like, when he hears, oh, you have a secret son, do you? Ben's like, grips his chair. He's like, oh, shit. Don't say anything, Buck. And then he doesn't. <laughs> he's like,
2: oh, whew. Yeah.
0: The dad's like, oh, that's fun. Click. And doesn't turn to Ben and go, what's this I hear about you having a secret with my son? <laughs> <laughs> nope, never happens.
2: No. So they all sit down for a seance, and I think it's the mother asks the Wicked Witch of the West, what can we expect? And the Wicked Witch of the West is like, perhaps nothing. Perhaps anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's very difficult and dangerous, and remember that when he died, he no longer trusted me. Turn out the lights... Um, We're going to all hold hands. You can't break the seal. During the seance is when the sun figures out. Oh, it's a thing under the stairs that if you open it up, there's all this cash. Right.
0: Yeah. If you touch this, this part, it's it's just a, a panel. Which is why it makes no
2: sense that when he goes down the banister, they fall down. It just
0: slides out, whatever, it doesn't matter. The panel opens, (laughs) and there's just a fat stack of cash.
2: And at that same point, the attorney shows up while they're having a seance, but nobody knows, because he's only talking to the son. During the seance, the father is taken over by the ghost of Zorba, of Plato Zorba, and he says... And the maid says, death walks again in this evil house. And
0: this whole time, while they're having the seance and Buck is downstairs outside the room where they're having the seance, Ben shows up and is like, all right, tonight's the night. Remember, you can't just go to bed and then we'll figure all this out. So he sends B- a Buck to bed and Ben goes upstairs. And he gets into the outfit of Dr. Zorba. So the one that we saw that was like tangible, we realize, oh, that's Ben trying to scare them into leaving the house. Mm -hmm. So he could convince them to give it back to the state in exchange for 10 grand. He is in Dr. Zorba's bedroom. He sees the canopy go down and up again because he finds the mechanism. He... Finds Buck and then puts him in the bed. Yeah, and then starts to lower a child. Right, I wrote down. (sighs) He doesn't know what happens when the bed's canopy lowers. He could be killing this kid, but maybe he did. Maybe this is how he killed Zorba.
2: This is how he killed Zorba.
0: So, Zorba, the ghost Plato Zorba. Comes in through smoke through the vent in the ceiling and is like, are you killing my grandson? He doesn't say that, but that's effectively what they're going for. And he scares Ben and Ben's like, oh, oh." meanwhile, Buck wakes up, sees this canopy lowering down on top of him. It's like, oh, shit. And he gets (laughs) up out of bed. And as he's getting up out of the bed, the ghost of Zorba is like, and Ben's like, ah. And he backs.
2: And he's very slowly backing, into, backing it. into
0: the bed. And he's like, he gets down on the bed and then he like gets positioned into the
2: bed. Yeah. It's like, bad. it's like
0: he doesn't know what he's doing, but his body's just doing it. And then the canopy comes closing down in on him. Fade to black. Cut to everyone's counting the money in the morning. Yes. And they're all excited about the money. Like, oh, I wonder where Ben went. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> So then... No, no, they know Ben killed Yeah, no, Dr. they're Zorba. fully aware, yeah. and they're just
2: like, ha ha, guess he's dead now. Cool.
0: <laughs> so, when, when the Wicked Witch shows back up, Buck talks to her, and he says, you really are a witch, aren't you? And she looks at him and says... And then she says the ghosts will be back. <laughs> so yeah, she the tells answer the, is yes. She tells
2: the parents that the ghosts, the um, the earthbound spirits, have been released. And he asks her, "Do you really think the ghosts are gone?" And she like gives him a smile, telling us
0: that no, yeah, they're no. not gone. They'll be back. And then the the glasses like levitate on their own and then explode <sighs> for no reason. They just do. And then, I guess so they don't have to explain, do they use those glasses to find ghosts in the real world and then they become Ghostbusters? or what? No, they just explode for no reason. And then the Wicked Witch, alone in the foyer, just straight mugs to the camera, like looks at the camera, gives a little smile, and picks up her broom and walks away. And then the camera pulls out backwards, out the foyer... And out the front door, as we see all 13 ghosts come flying at the camera, and then the door closes and it has House for Sale written on it. The end. It's so bad. That's, like, all I have to say about this
2: movie. Yeah, I
0: don't... (laughs) I have no lightning round for this movie.
2: No. it Look, it's a product of its time.
0: It's just a William silly. Castle movie. It's that's exactly what it is. If you liked House on Haunted Hill, that's I mean, hey, imagine that. No, hold I on. I
2: liked House on Haunted
0: Hill. Imagine that with way more ghosts that are totally pointless. <laughs> you don't get Vincent Price. Instead, yeah. you get a hapless family that's just kind of cool with everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really suffered without Vincent Price. Yeah, it's a very silly movie. But hey, you know, I'm sure that back then that was lots of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, probably.
2: You know, kind of like what it reminded me of like a carnival scary ride.
0: Sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you know, everything's fake. Yeah. And like, yeah, uh totally. So, Kelsey. Yeah. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes?
2: 45.
0: 36. But they don't call it a consensus. There's only 14 reviews. (laughs) 36%. Do you think that's overrated or underrated?
2: I'd say that's probably pretty much on target. I'd
0: probably give it a 40. You gave House on Haunted Hill a 79. It has Vincent Price.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it has Vincent Price. (laughs) And it's
0: like a murder mystery. Yeah, and uh, uh
2: and, like, it actually made me jump the the creepy ass maid. Remember that? Yeah. When she shows up at a fucking no. You're right, that
0: is really frightening. <laughs> this you, doesn't
2: what? have anything like that. No. This is
0: just a goofy little movie. It's a chef ghost who kills his in-laws. And the
2: effects are even worse than they were in House on a Hill, You see, n- saying something. Yeah, you
0: see nowhere near 13 ghosts. Oh, Ben was the 13th ghost, by the way, we didn't say that. <laughs> Obvi. <laughs> I'd give it a little bit higher than a 40. Uh... It's just so charming. <laughs> I'll give it a 50. Okay. Cuz it's charming. It's charming.
2: What did you give House on Haunted Hill?
0: Uh a 78? Yeah. Slightly lower than you, but I think you're right. It's things are a little bit more real. People like they're locked in a house and it's that the, people are terrified actual, like, and yeah, it has Vincent Price.
2: Yeah, there's actual murder in it. And I know, I know that this one had a murder that took place before the movie started, and I know that he tried to kill a little kid, and that the bad guy was killed. But in House on Haunted Hill, he straight up murders his wife and her lover.
0: Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, it's it's creepy as
0: (laughs) fuck. It's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, this doesn't. I'm sorry, William Castle. You didn't get a second hit. Out of this one. It just, it does not work like House on Haunted Hill does. No. Oh. Uh, unfortunately. That was 1960s 13 Ghosts. Before we move on to our next film, Kelsey, Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition.
2: What 1920 film is considered an essential example of German expressionism and involves somnambulism
0: The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari.
2: That is correct. I
0: haven't talked about that one in a while. Nope. That one we've seen. Here's another one we haven't seen, but we have talked about recently. In Under the Shadow, 2016, what type of supernatural entity threatens the protagonists? A djinn. That is correct. If you haven't listened to our Wishmaster episode, please do. That movie is fucking nuts.
2: Yes, but that's different from (laughs) Under the Shadow. Yes, it
0: is. Under the Shadow, we will do on this show eventually. It is on the list. We've seen it already. It's very good. And it's good. Yeah, we like it a lot. Um, You might want to see it without even having to wait for our episode on it. It's a pretty good movie. All right, Kelsey. Yes. Moving on to 2001's... They're 13 and ghosts. I say that because the T is a one and the first E is a three. It's 13 ghosts from 2001 directed by Steve Beck based on the story by Rob White written by Neil Marshall Stevens and Richard Davidio with uncredited treatments from Todd Alcott and James Gunn who wrote and directed the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, was subsequently fired by Marvel and apparently rehired by DC to do the Suicide Squad sequel.
2: He was a writer?
0: He was an uncredited writer on this. So
2: I'm going to guess that all of the great funny lines came from him.
0: Well, because that's usually what they do when they have uncredited writers. They bring in comedic writers to, like, punch up the script and just throw jokes in there. They can't change anything. They just... Just They just punch up the dialogue a little bit. A lot, a lot of comedians get paid to do this as, like, a side gig to get some cash. So, like, the fact that James Gunn did, did this movie, I'm not surprised. Starring...
2: The one good thing about this yeah. movie is its humor. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. <laughs> we'll get there. It's true. <laughs> Starring Tony Shaloub, Shannon Elizabeth, Ra Diggs, F. Murray Abraham, and... The savior of saviors, Matthew Lillard. Yay! Kelsey, what is uh, 13 and Ghosts about?
2: It's essentially the same idea. A family who is down on their luck financially uh, inherit a house that has 13 ghosts in it. The only big, big difference here is that we actually get to meet... The Zorba character, which is funny because in this version his name is Cyrus, so it's like the father yeah. from the other movie, which is definitely not the same character.
0: Yeah, no, they... Okay, <laughs> here's the thing about this movie. It takes the core premise of old crazy man, Rich, collects ghosts, dies, gives his house to his nephew, and the lawyer's scheming and trying to get the money that's found in the house. That's it takes all in this movie. that core premise... Fucking everything else is different. Yes. Everything else. Yes. Kelsey. Yes. Should people watch this movie?
2: If you like Matthew Lillard, maybe. (laughs) Otherwise,
0: (laughs) no. (laughs) This is a difficult movie to talk about.
2: It is bad. It's bad. It is. But Matthew Lillard does really good at
0: it. I don't want to give away what I think like totally, what I'm going to talk about at the end of this discussion. (laughs) Because I think that we have centered on this movie's exact problem by focusing on where it goes right. (laughs) So you can stick around for that conversation. But... (sighs) It's nuts. It's fucking nuts. If you don't want to see a good horror movie, but want to see something that's just crazy, you can see this. It's I can I can absolutely see why people love this movie. God. I don't, but I see why people do. <laughs> it's just that bad. If that intrigues you and makes you want to watch it, you've been warned. <laughs> When we come back, we will talk about 2001's for 13 and Ghosts.
3: There are ghosts around us all the time.
1: Most of them, they can't hurt us. Most of them don't even want to hurt us. But there are
3: exceptions. This Halloween, you're wasting your time.
0: It's all sealed up.
3: The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with a ghost.
2: This house is not a house. We're in the middle of the machine, powered
3: by the dead. ...is being trapped in a house with 13 ghosts.
1: Can I rely on you not to get me killed?
3: I guarantee you nothing. The producers of House on Haunted Hill bring you the ultimate house of horror, where there's death at every door, terror at every turn.
1: We see get the hell out of here, now!
3: A ghost in every
1: room. We got company!
3: 13 ghosts. Rated R. Starts Friday, October 26th.
0: Kelsey, you have the unenviable task of getting us started here. I'm going to ask you a pretty big, kind of heavy question, which may have no real answer. What happens... And they're 13 in ghosts.
2: (laughs) It starts in a car junk
0: pile. And trucks and bright lights and what the fuck is happening? (laughs) I literally wrote that. My first note, what the fuck is this truck bullshit? (laughs) Are they ghost hunters? It turns out they are.
2: (laughs) It turns out they are. (laughs) Go ahead. But as soon as I saw it, I wrote down... You're worthless.
0: Yes. Because, always. you know. Yeah. Uh-huh, always. <laughs> you see a junkyard, it's you're worthless from the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> I think, here's the thing, Kelsey. I think I confused this movie in my mind going into it. Like, I saw the the, the movie poster with, like, the face on it mm-hmm. and screaming. And it was called 13 Ghosts. I think... I confused it in my mind with the movie The 13th Floor.
2: Oh, no. That's a bad movie, too, though. (laughs) But I think I was
0: more excited for that. I was excited to see that movie, and then this movie happened, and I was like, what is happening?
2: Well, I was weirded out because I know for a fact that I've seen this because I went through a Matthew Lillard phase where I watched every single one of Matthew Lillard's movies. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. This came out during middle school time for me. Uh-huh. That was when, if I had a crush on an actor, I had to see every single one of the You gotta the stop saying
0: that. This is this is the year I graduated high school.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I know I've seen this. But other than the Matthew Lillard mo- moments, yeah. I don't remember shit about it. Didn't remember a fucking thing.
0: So, it is just fucking chaos. It, yes. And there's... Tons of trucks and it's industrial and there's dudes in suits come running out and we see F. Murray Abraham, who's dope. Love him. He's great. I'm sorry you were in this, dude.
2: Yeah, isn't he like a Academy Award winner?
0: He won his uh, his Academy Award for best actor in a leading role for Amadeus, which yes, he's awesome <laughs> in Amadeus.
2: Amadeus. Amadeus.
0: <laughs> Amadeus. Amadeus. <laughs>
2: But anyway, yeah, so we have a, an Academy Award winning actor <laughs> here, um, and oh my, how the mighty have fallen. Right,
0: and Matthew Lillard is like, they're bickering and arguing, and we don't know quite what about. It seems that Matthew Lillard knows where, where ghosts are, and he can find ghosts or whatever. Yeah, he's psychic. Right, and he like touches F. Murray Abraham, and he sees money.
2: He sees part of his plan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And if Murray Abraham's like, nah, stop. And I'm breezing through this partially because this goes by really fucking fast.
2: A like, lot. so really fast. I'm kind of bummed that you want to go through it so fast because so much happens in, like, five minutes. Yes. No, but, you, like. You learn so much about all, all, like, three characters. I need
0: you to feel the way that I felt. <laughs> and so, like, okay. And then they're trying to trap the ghost. But then we don't know what ghost. And cars go flying. <laughs> And and then this these two like terrorists show up because they're going to fuck up everything. Terrorists. They're like environmental terrorists. They're basically like Greenpeace and stuff like that. I don't <laughs> mean that to slight Greenpeace or whatever, but, you know, they're the kind of people that show up in an effort to stop people from exploiting something. And they do so by trying to. Ruin things, doing illegal things and stuff like that. So (laughs) it's this woman and her her husband, maybe. I don't know. We're not told. And then he dies. And then she's like, they're like arguing. And then then they catch the ghost. And then F. Marie Abraham's dead, too. And- (laughs) I, like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> I wrote down who are all these characters and there's all this fucking moralizing going on. Everyone telling everyone else that they shouldn't be doing this and that they should be doing that. We haven't even been told what's happening yet. <laughs> we have no idea what's happening yet. And it just – my mind blew up.
2: But there, there's – so much. So I'm going to go through it really quickly, okay? Okay. Because it's kind of important. Okay. okay. Um. So, yes, Matthew Lillard is a psychic. He is in pain. He can touch things and knows where ghosts are, or he can touch you and he can see your life story. He takes pills because he's in pain, but the dude is evil and Punches them out of his hands We find out that this ghost that they're going after Has killed like 31 people Since he's been dead as a ghost So we know that ghosts can kill people Which is important to know We then, like Chris said, these people show up and they're like, oh, you know, you can't do this. It's slavery, which will become important to the story uh later on. They are being used for something. But it's hilarious because we just found out that this guy killed 31 people as a ghost. That's a
0: big problem I have with this woman. (laughs) Is that like she's on a campaign to free these people because it's slavery. Listen, this is not... This is not like keeping chickens on a farm, which you can argue is a form of slavery. Yes. I get that. I understand that. But if those chickens were murderers (laughs) and killed dozens of people and will do so if you let them free, I think the slavery issue is a lesser issue.
2: I also love that one of her retorts is these aren't animals. They're human beings. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I, like, okay, I get that it's a gimmick that, like, ghosts writes, like, I get that that's the gimmick that they're going for, but it it really doesn't make any sense, because the only ghosts we're talking about here, the only ones, are fucking murderers.
2: Yes. Like, oh, God. So they we find out that he needs 13 for his machine.
0: It's a prophecy from the very beginning. They have a book of spells
2: ghosts. that he needs. Um, he won't be able to control it without this book of spells.
0: He is very clearly a bad guy right from the start.
2: Yes, but for some reason, Matthew Lillard doesn't understand that. And then he uses blood as bait to bring out this ghost. Like Blood like, splatters sh- everywhere.
0: Sh- it's like a street sweeper kind of spraying water and then brushing it up. Okay, what if instead of the brushes, they just tilted that spray up and outwards? And so it just like... Drives down this lane in this in this junkyard and just sprays everything with blood.
2: And we get to see the glasses. So the glasses are again part of the story. Here's
0: my problem. If you don't know the original, (laughs) it does not translate what the glasses are very well. They look like safety glasses. That's true. And a ghost appears and disappears in a flash before. Anybody talks about glasses to a character who's not wearing glasses. And then he puts the glasses on and it does the same thing. So there's no indicator that glasses equals seeing ghosts. We see ghosts without glasses. And when he puts glasses on, ghost disappears. Like it's it does a piss poor job of explaining the glasses to you through actual events happening on screen.
2: We see that the guy is killed, the ghost is killing people. He like bends a dude in half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as Chris said, they they are able to capture him, but in the chaos of it all, the dude who was with the chick that we're trying to get them to stop, he's dead and the guy who's in charge of all this, Zorba dies.
0: Yes. Now, here's what I will say about this opening. The original movie really buries the lead. We got through that whole movie Without ever once addressing, why? Why is he collecting these ghosts? Why? Like, oh, if you can see ghosts, you can control them. Okay. (laughs) He was just
2: obsessed with the occult. That's all they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it.
0: The capture, like, catching ghosts in the first place, like, that's where the story is. And we don't get any of that. It's just they're all here at the house already, and for no reason, and they haunt the place. And then at the end of the movie, they leave. Maybe they'll come back. And it's like, they do not focus this. It's just an excuse to get creepy shit to happen in a house. But you developed a process by which you can capture and control ghosts. And that's not the point of the movie? (laughs) So this movie does make that the point. And I will give it that.
2: To its detriment. (laughs) Yeah, it's a piss
0: poor point. They do do nothing with this.
2: (laughs) So... Then we get the credits, so this is all pre credits. Like I said, all that happens in five minutes, and it just is like, Why? What? what?
0: Yeah, Captain. and then it just fades to black. There's no come down, there's no <laughs> nothing. The scene really quickly ended. They could have spent a little bit of time coming down from that batshit opening <laughs> by just like lingering on the woman and her husband a little bit.
2: Well, they, of linger on a little bit. No,
0: they show her and then they immediately pull out, and we see Dead Cyrus, and then <laughs> credits. Like, there's no come down.
2: So the credits are over, I guess you'd call it a montage. It's more a montage of sound than it is of yeah. Imagery. We get to see this perfect family. They're perfect. I love them.
0: Okay, so <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth is dancing. In the backyard with her little brother. They're just kind of like dancing around and holding hands. You're and the best little brother. You're the brother. best little brother. Come
1: on, Bobby. I'm so Faster. Here, let me get your arm. Come on, Bobby. You're the best little brother. I love you. Come on,
0: let's go. <laughs> like, she means that sincerely. Like, this is, I, like, I thought, and and this is kind of a little peek into what we're going to get to. I thought it was like, there's, there's no way this isn't like a, a joke. joke, right? Like, this is a joke. This is the sort of thing that we might see in, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Orgasmo, but there's this scene Mm-mm. where a character like is really troubled by the day they decided they didn't want to do hamster style kung fu anymore, and they had to tell their dad. Hey, dad. hmm I don't
1: think I'm going to do hamster style anymore. That's nice. (sighs) That's the way it went down, man.
0: Shit. I can still smell that newspaper. And it's a joke, like flashback, like it's supposed to be ominous or whatever. Like it felt like that. And then, like, there's a fire. Yeah, and there's a
2: fire and the mom dies. And it's ridiculous, too. Like, how did it spread so fast? Mom didn't make it out somehow. Yeah. But the children and the father did.
0: First movie, the the dad's just a buffoon and forgets to pay rent <laughs> and pay for their furniture and shit. And all of that gets taken away from them. And they need a place to live because they... they uh, they don't have any furniture, and it's kind of this cool, unique motivation for a character that's just happy-go-lucky, and down on, but down on his luck. In this, it's, my wife is dead, and I feel guilty, and like...
2: And then I stopped paying bills because I got depressed, and then we had to move into an apartment, and for some reason, we have enough money left over to, but, to get a maid who doesn't actually do anything. Uh,
0: no, apparently, I thought the same thing. <laughs> apparently, she's a babysitter for the kid, but, but a live-in one... Them. What, Rod Diggs, what are you Manny. doing? She Her only job here is to be, like, the color. And I mean that <laughs> figuratively very, very and briefly. literally. Like, they just wanted a black person in this movie to bring the black sass. Like, I, no, listen, I don't think that way. I think they thought that way. Oh, yeah. And that's a problem. It's a real problem. Because in this movie, she gets a comedic beat where she plays this scientific console like it's a turntable and then scratches it. But she says, And that is the turning point of the climax. <laughs> what is this
2: movie? It's bad. It, oh, my God. It's really bad.
0: Okay. Okay. Sorry. Come back down. Come back down. Whew. Flashback of this happy-go-lucky family, we think it's a joke. It seems like a joke, but it's not.
2: Pretty sure Matthew Lillard is the only one who got the memo that this is a comedy.
0: This is the key. Kelsey said that during the movie, and I was like, you could tell them, Kelsey. Like, everything about this movie was just, like, setting me off. I was so angry at this movie, but I was not angry at Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey said that, do you think he's the only one who who realizes that this is a comedy? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you're right. If this movie just leaned into the fact that it is actually a comedy, I think it could have been incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people that love this movie, they love it as a joke. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like they, they love it ironically. I mean, maybe they do. But it's, they see this movie as a comedy. That's why I think people love this movie. (laughs) It is not a comedy. It is played dead serious with some jokes peppered in through script punch-up. But there's only so much punch-up you can do to a bad script. But Lillard is definitely the best part. He is the only good part. (laughs) He is the only good, like, think about every actor in this movie. F. Murray Abraham, maybe? He has nothing to do. He's just angry and, and evil all the time. <laughs> Fucking Monk? Tony I Can't remember his character from Wings, and that really bothers me, because that's how I know him.
2: I know him from Mad About You.
0: Really? Interesting. Yep. He was a taxi driver in Wings.
2: Mad about you.
0: <laughs> like, he, he's supposed to be, like, the emotional core of this movie. Tony Shalhoub, (laughs) comedic actor extraordinaire, is hired on to be the emotional core of this movie. The kid is insufferable.
2: He's so bad.
0: Shannon Elizabeth.
2: Is fine.
0: She's fine. She's just fine. And I will give the movie credit up to a certain very specific point. They do not sexualize Shannon Elizabeth. Like at all.
2: Until she is, they do. Yes. She is
0: known for being, like, she's the woman from American Pie. That's how she was known and that's how she was treated, unfortunately. And I was like, oh, this movie is like just treating her as an actress. Yeah, she's not that great an actress. But she was okay. She was fine. And then there's this scene where it's aggressive for and no violent. reason. And violent. And <sighs> then she just gets all of her clothes ripped off or ripped up. By this violent ghost exposing her breasts
2: and, they and scratching up her legs
0: to show her skin. And they definitely zoom in on it. They sexualize this violent scene where she is screaming for her life. And it is just disgusting. It I was is. like, this movie, you were doing so good with Shannon Elizabeth <laughs> until you just weren't. And yep. in the worst way. Yep. And Rod Diggs, you're not a good actress. I'm sorry, I'm totally getting her name wrong. It's Rod Diga. I apologize. There is a rapper called Rod Diggs that's serving a life sentence for triple murder. That's <laughs> not the same person. Rod Diga is a member of the Flip Mode Squad, who I don't know anyone on except for Buster Rhymes. She really is pointless. She doesn't need to be in this movie at all. She just adds some comedic relief. That's her job, but... Fucking Matthew Lillard's there, and that's what he does, and he does it so well. He is manic all the time, and he's fun all the time, and if it wasn't for him, this movie would be a fucking dumpster fire.
2: (laughs) Okay, so.
0: I know I said I wanted to get through this really quickly, but. Mm -hmm. Now
2: they're out of money because he doesn't pay bills anymore. And somehow can afford a babysitter. Yes. So, also, I wrote down right here after we found out that the mother had died, I said, I call it, the mother's gonna save somebody.
0: Yep. As a ghost. Hey, does this sound familiar to anybody? A a, a kindly character dies and then comes back at the end of the movie to save the characters? It's House on Haunted Hill!
2: Yeah. This movie felt extremely like, hey... We did pretty well with House on a Hill. Let's just keep that. Let's them. do the
0: exact same fucking thing. Yeah. Except let's make it more
2: extreme. <laughs> then we have a weird scene where they're all at the breakfast table and the brother calls his sister a slut and everyone laughs about it.
0: Yeah, I so said, don't use that word. I like the word bitch. Like, oh my god. <laughs> And, but while they're having this conversation, there's somebody walking in the hallway, and he gets like a slow-mo, ominous <laughs> shot. They open the door, and it's just a fucking lawyer.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. So, the lawyer is like, oh, uh, your uncle died, and he left you a house. And oh,
0: God. Production design of the millennium. <laughs> this movie is so millennial, and I don't mean like the generation. I mean, it's the turn of the millennium, 2001, and it felt it hard everything needed to be like the internet and video and like so when they get the will it's a video will but it's like the the it has this weird background to it and then videos pop up in like ridiculously and the windows move like it's like people didn't know how media players worked back then so they just made it all up <laughs> and files would close and open and then like at the end of the will it closes then it pops back open again (laughs) for, like, one last little, ah, the will scared me. (laughs) And they get a key.
2: Oh, and the key is so Production designers,
0: what were you thinking? It
2: looks ridiculous. I
0: hear the production designers get a lot of credit for this movie. They're like, people say, this is the only thing that's good about this movie. And the production design is, it's, a lot of it is a really impressive feat. But it is, it has nothing to do with the, like, this This movie – like, it's so unnecessary what they did with the set design and everything like that. It's just obviously trying to be cool. And sometimes it is. But in no way is it necessary for this movie.
2: Yeah. A couple of quick things we skipped here. Sister is into the lawyer again. That's another – Tiny plot Tiny. Point, she kind of
0: smiles at him. They once they might,
2: they shouldn't have even bothered. Um, and the kid is not obsessed with ghosts this time. He is obsessed with death, which I assume is because the mother died. Yeah. And he's all into recording himself talking, and that comes up barely later on. Like there's just a lot of like I feel like this went through a ton of rewrites. Because there are a lot of plot points that are kind of important, but like yeah. if you took
0: them out, you wouldn't notice. Right, and this movie has two people lying <laughs> to get access to the money,
2: but only one of them's bad. Yeah,
0: like it's <sighs> it was so unfocused, uh, and, okay. and our explanation of this movie is unfocused. That's my fault. I'm sorry.
2: So as Chris said, it does the video will does pop up again uh-huh. after it closes. It pops up, and he's like, "Perhaps we'll meet again in another life."
3: Perhaps we'll meet
2: again in another life. Ta-da! Yeah. So the lawyer is going to take them up to the house so that they can move in, and it's so funny because as we were watching it, I was like, "Uh oh, lawyer's evil again." And Curse was like, "Huh?" And I was like, "You didn't see the evil smile that he gave?" No,
0: I, I wasn't looking at the screen. I was writing something down furiously. Yes, I. I think I was writing down Chekhov's scooter because. Tony Shaloub trips over the scooter. You and this fucking scooter! And then later on in the film, we see him riding the scooter around the house. And I'm like, oh, this is Chekhov's scooter. It's going to become really, really important. Nope.
2: That's what I'm talking about. Nope. I feel like there were rewrites that, like, s- said that that thing was going to be important and then it wasn't.
0: And so they took it out but then forgot to take it out at earlier parts in the script. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only substance they had in the beginning of the script. Exactly. Yeah, totally. They couldn't take it out of there.
2: And during this drive, we get... A real weird song. Oh, wait. Oh, no. This is when we see the chick who was with the guy that wanted to free the ghosts. She's become like a badass since he died. And she is listening to the weirdest song. Like
0: Nine Inch Nails wannabe type song.
2: I believe in people dying. Like, it's... Really? (laughs) You're going to... Yes. Oh, the lyrics? Oh, you weren't listening. Oh, you're going to have to play it here. Yeah. Because it's bad. So they get to the house, and there is Matthew Lillard pretending to be a power guy, as he puts it. Yeah. Your your uh, your house here is draining all the power in the tri-quad area.
0: <laughs> the tri-quad area.
2: Yes. And, you know, there's the obvious Excess. question. It's a
0: tricky song. It's a tricky song. Tricky's kind of cool. I like tricky. Well, this song is bad. Alanis Morissette is in this song.
2: Is she the one singing? She's the backman people dying?
0: It's bad. It's called excess. Tricky. What'd you do, man? Of course, there's the
2: question of how the fuck did Matthew Lillard know they were going to be coming at that time, at that day? Like, you know, he's
0: there before they get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whatever. So um, they get th- they get there, and it's this giant glass house.
2: With Latin written all over the walls. Do you
0: know what the Latin is?
2: It's the spells that was in the that was in the Latin spell book in the first one. Right, but
0: they that's the loose tenuous connection to the first movie. Yes. Really, it's spells that are like barriers for the ghost. Yes, they know,
2: keeping the ghosts inside.
0: But do you know what the Latin actually is? No. It's the Lord's Prayer. That's it. It's just the fucking Lord's Prayer. That's it. They couldn't be more inventive. They couldn't hire a fucking translator to translate something cool. I think they don't, they don't think they cared. <laughs> no, they didn't care. They just didn't. This is why I'm saying production design is getting credit for this film. They designed a cool thing, but it is a nonsense thing. And that really bothers me.
2: So they go inside the house. And the lawyer is saying, you know, I need to uh, get you to sign the papers and then I'll take you on a tour around the house. And Matthew Lillard just desperately wants to get down into the basement. We find out that both Matthew Lillard and the lawyer are there to try and collect money. So they both know that he has a lot of money in the house. Matthew Lillard just plain never got paid. So that's all he wants. He just wants compensation for what he did. Meanwhile, the lawyer just wants to get rich.
0: And speeding things up a little bit everyone's going around the house and they're all getting lost even though tony shalhoub said not to do that matthew lillard needs to tell tony shalhoub who he is and what he does
2: no so but matthew lillard goes down into the basement and discovers that he has kept all of the ghosts inside the house and lillard didn't know that what didn't know what he was doing he didn't care it didn't matter. Lillard's yeah. just it's, there he, for the Yeah, money.
0: that's exactly what it is. He just didn't care. It's not that he, that he. oh, I was tricked. It's that he didn't try to find out.
2: Exactly. But when he found out, he's like, oh, my God, because it's dangerous. And he yes. knows that. He knows that these ghosts are dangerous. And he when, can't believe that this guy would put them all in one place. When
0: the lawyer gets inside, he goes down into the basement.
2: And he knows. He knows about the ghosts. He
0: puts on the glasses.
2: And makes fun of the ghosts as he walks by them.
0: This is another problem with the movie. There are there are 13 ghosts in this movie. There are 11 major ghosts that we see and that get described to us and we see them all here at this moment in the film and they are mocked and they're shown clearly and there is nothing left that the movie can do to surprise us. Cuz now at the beginning when we're first shown the ghosts, we see Every single one of them clear as day. Not doled out over the course of the movie. Each ghost getting more and more interesting, more and more dangerous. No,
2: that's not true. No, I don't though think they're we let all of them. He makes fun of the kid, and he makes fun
0: of the the naked girl. But I think that's it. No, we see the we mom see. and the daughter. We see the dude with all the screws in him. Mm. Yeah, it's like what is there left for the movie to do? And it that really really bothers me. But he finds the money. Pretty easily puts it in a briefcase. Because
2: he because Zorba wanted it to be found. Yes. Because when he picks it up, crank, 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 crank,
0: crank, So the combination of the key and picking up the money starts this clockwork process.
2: Which is straight out of House on Hill. Yes. It's exactly the thing that happened in House on The
0: place gets shut up and they can't leave. And now they're in a house with ghosts.
2: The... The it's doors The doors close and open at random it's for seemingly cube.
0: no reason. It's the cube. It's the movie Cube. <laughs> the dude even dies in a way that looks straight out of the cube. The lawyer, he's walking down a hallway and then <gasps> he was sliced perfectly in half by the doorway. I thought it looked pretty cool. That effect was pretty neat. But it is so 2000. The cube did it first. The cube did it. <laughs> And it felt like it was just trying to be a cube with the shifting house and the traps that will kill you and that kind of thing. It was the cube. But the purpose, we find out, is that it's supposed to navigate each ghost one by one, lead them towards the center of the house where they can be put in this engine that reveals the eye...
2: No, that can't be true because... What no, they
0: they literally say that in the film. That, it's well, that it's can't designed be tr- to guide them towards the center of the house.
2: Well, that can't be true yeah. because it, when the spell is said out loud, they all disappear and they go into the middle.
0: Right, so what's the fucking point? Exactly. I agree. The movie's dumb. It didn't think about that. <laughs> they needed a premise for why everything's moving and changing and why the house is clockwork, and they came up with it and then... At some rewrite, they decided this is how we're going to get the ghosts all in one place, completely negating the need for a clockwork house (laughs) because they just did not think about that. Yeah. So or they thought you wouldn't care. That's how little they thought of you. They thought this is cool. They won't care.
2: So while this is happening, yeah, he the lawyer dies. Matthew Lillard figures out what the fuck is going on and tries to warn Shaloub and his family.
0: There's this really weird moment where he's like ghosts, and then Tony Shaloub's like goats, and the guy's like, "No, ghosts, as in Demi Moore, Unchained Melody." Arthur, I used to, I used to hunt ghosts with your uncle Cyrus.
1: Goats. Ghosts. Ghosts. Goddamn it! Listen to me,
0: as in disgruntled spirits trapped on Earth. Ghosts, you know, ghosts, as in right. Halloween. Okay, Boo. Okay. It's in uh, Demi Moore and Unchained Melody, right? Ghosts. Which again, Matthew Lillard, funny. Yes. Tony Shaloub, goats?
2: Yeah. Come, what the fuck is this script? I don't know.
0: I, I, I,
2: so this is when Matthew Lillard's like, even if you don't fucking believe me, you need to get your family out of yeah, here. Yeah,
0: I'm getting this- my ass out of the big glass house. Grab your children. Do the same.
2: I'm getting my
1: ass out of the big glass house. Grab your children. Do the same.
2: But while he was gone, his children have left, as Chris pointed out earlier. And they are able to find the nanny, but she has lost the child. Oh, you mean the one thing you're paid to do? Yep.
0: Yep. You couldn't do it? And the house is locking shut.
2: Yes. I wrote
0: down here, I wrote down, fucking, you guys made the movie that you're stealing from just two years ago. (laughs) You already made this movie.
2: So, we see the kid, and he is being led down into the basement where all the ghosts are by one of the girl ghosts. I think the one they, who killed herself, or I don't know. Anyway, but there is another female voice who is very obviously the mother, and yes, it is the mother. Yes,
0: yeah, I know. Were you uh, thinking it's the mother? It's the mother.
2: Telling him, don't go downstairs, don't go into the basement, don't follow her. And he just... No, I think I'm going to keep following the voice that isn't my mom's. That's telling me to go down the basement. Meanwhile, my my mom is saying,
0: don't do it. Who
2: is dead, who I should be excited to hear the voice of. I'm just going to ignore that. Yep. So he goes down into the basement and he sees all the ghosts. He freaks the fuck out as a kid would. So they're looking for him. And I think they find him. But during
0: this time... No, 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 no. He disappears, never to be seen again for the rest of the movie, until the very end. They take the kid out of commission right quick, and then they don't need to worry about him until he shows up at the end. What the house is doing, what the ghosts are doing, who is doing this? Oh, that's right. The ghost of of F. Murray Abraham, he's collecting Tony Shalhoub's family.
2: Oh, that's right. And so he
0: finds and collects, this happens off screen, the little kid. And we don't see him for most of the movie.
2: But during this time when they're looking for the kid, the nanny says, did the lawyer split? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So then once the father finally believes Matthew Lillard, or somewhat believes him, he's like, this is stupid. We shouldn't be together. We should split up. Exactly what we just talked about with Kevin.
3: <laughs> yes. It's going to take forever. This place is just too big. Kathy and I will head up this way. You two check down there.
0: No, yeah, I, I don't think we should split it's up. Okay.
1: Should it's okay. It's okay.
0: Just go in a straight line, turn around, we'll meet back here in five. Really? Yes.
2: <sighs> For no fucking reason. Let's all split up, even though there are ghosts out to kill us. You okay, know? Okay, so
0: let's. Let's take this opportunity to jump forward. They all split up. They all get attacked. Shannon Elizabeth disappears. We get to see all these ghosts again. and oh,
2: we skipped the Shannon Elizabeth bath scene.
0: Yeah, there is there's Which is there's somebody so strange.
2: there's a woman who's
0: there's a ghost who's sexy fied. And objectified she's naked and she
2: killed herself instead
0: of Shannon Elizabeth. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But
2: it's such a strange scene. She like splashes water on her face like it's the first time she's ever had clean
0: water. Yes. Oh, clean like I, I was reading a tweet, some I wish I could remember who it was, but it's like, does anyone actually splash water on their faces like in the movies? <laughs> And this is seriously. She, she doesn't just, just do it once. Splash,
2: like it's like five times. times. It's
0: over and over it's again. It's a clear commercial. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh, is this water going to turn into blood? Yep. <laughs>
2: But she doesn't. It is. She doesn't see. But the ghost does, and the
0: ghost kind of likes her, and is like, "No, don't." No, the ghost is about to slash her. No, but the ghost has a worried look on her face.
2: I don't know why, because the ghost goes to slash her, and the father comes in and grabs her before it can happen. Like,
0: just says, "Hey, what are you doing in here?" And she gets up, and like, anyway, doesn't matter. None of this fucking matters. None of it's really interesting, other than to say it's bewildering, and every choice is fucking bonkers. So, this. Greenpeace lady shows up, the anti-ghost slavery woman shows up, and she explains everything to them. She brings the Arcanum. Okay. Many people died in the quest for this book. Oh, yeah? Were those Bothans? <laughs> Fucking, are you even trying? No. No, not at all. I wrote, "Why does she want to get set the ghosts free again? Does she not believe in prisons either? This isn't like a dog breeding facility. They are literal <laughs> homicidal maniac ghosts." <laughs> and then we get pointed to every single ghost in the house, and we get kind of a little written brief. about
2: in this book that was written by an astrologer who said that if you if you get all these ghosts, you'll be able to see the future, and if you can see the future, then you have all the power in the world.
0: You, but like, and it's unclear about that. It's not the future. It's kind of like see into people's souls.
2: It doesn't like explain. It, it, it
0: does. A, yeah, I know. It does a really bad it job does of nothing explaining nothing to this.
2: explain how it works, what it does.
0: So the firstborn son, the torso, which is literally a paraplegic person that they then CG the head off of, crawling around with just the hands. The bound woman
2: is that. That's the one who uh, who. Who lured the boy downstairs? She's the one who, like, hangs from the ceiling. Exactly.
0: The withered lover. That's the mom. The torn prince, who's like a baseball playing kid. Why he's the torn prince? I don't know. The angry. I don't remember that one. He has a baseball bat.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, Yes. He's like a teenager. The the beautiful prince. He, he like, died in his prime. There's the
0: angry princess.
2: That's the one who's naked.
0: The woman who's naked. Yes. The Pilgrimess. Is Pilgrimess a word? They made it up. It's just an old, crazy-looking ghost lady in a pilgrim outfit. The Great Child and the Dire Mother.
2: Which, what the fuck was that?
0: It's just a giant, fat...
2: Guy dressed as a baby and a little lady that's supposed to be his mom. And yes. I'm like, what
0: the fuck am I watching? What is this? The Hammer, who has a bunch of like giant
2: nails bolts and nails him. and stuff
0: inside of him. Uh, the Jackal, who has the sign of Hell's Winter, which we're going to get to, and the Juggernaut, who's the guy they caught in the very beginning of the movie. That's 11, and there are 12 signs of the Dark Zodiac. It's a different Zodiac. We don't know what the 12th one is, but there's also a secret 13th one?
2: I don't fucking know. Because it's
0: dark <laughs> and 13. Yes.
2: I don't, I don't get it. Ugh.
0: So the house draws them to the center to open the Ocularis Infernum, or the Eye of Hell. The 13th ghost is a living sacrifice to short-circuit the system.
2: But it isn't.
0: But it is. But, but it, it isn't. isn't. Like, it, this, mo- it, this movie doesn't know what it's doing. It's so
2: confusing. So
0: wait, it was part of the plan to open up the Ocularis Infernum to have a 13th ghost that breaks the machine? So it wouldn't
2: work? What is the fucking... That's the story that she tells them. Yeah. So he'll think... Shalub will think that he will need to sacrifice himself to set his family free in the end. But in reality, they actually needed someone to sacrifice themselves for it to work. Yeah. And it's just... It's a convoluted
0: mess. Well, Kelsey mentioned that the lady... is the story she told them because the lady hits... Who was it? Tony Shaloub or somebody? Matthew Lillard? I don't remember. And it's revealed she's evil and she's actually F. Murray Abraham's lover. And then we kind see of? F. Murray Abraham is there and he's just been using her. Yeah. And to what end? To get the book for him? I guess. And
2: she goes from being a badass to being this like
0: cowering girl. Really pathetic, who's just like in love, with him. love me yeah. type. And then he crushes her between two walls that slam closed for some reason which is
2: kind of a, a, a callback to the original how the lawyer was crushed crushed in I mean the bed. but kind
0: of but why would the walls do that oh only because we're trying to evoke the cube but in the context of the story there's no reason for this mm. <laughs> I have written down here that Tony, that uh, Matthew Lillard says I don't read Latin <laughs> he's like trying to read the book to decipher and he's like wait a minute I don't read Latin. <laughs> It's so funny. And then Tony Chaloup and Matthew Lillard get into an argument. And and I forget who says this to who, but one says, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. How much of this makes any sense is the response. Yes. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense.
3: There's got to be a better way. It doesn't
0: add up. What does it add up here, Dennis? How much of this
3: equation makes any sense at all?
0: The answer is none of this. <laughs> I, I wrote down, Man, I complained about the exposition in the original.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I also wrote down, where did the lawyer go? And there he immediately is. They find his body and they find all the money, but they leave it?
2: They I just think? walk by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're way more concerned about finding the kids. So they kind of convince Shaloub that he will have to kill himself in order to save his children, which is not clear about why that would work. And then he sees the ghost of or what he thinks is the ghost of his uncle. And he's like, wait a minute. Yeah. And then he, like, comes to some conclusion and realizes that his uncle is not dead. But he does it by understanding the
0: He can the see machine, him without the glasses. Which,
2: yes, that comes after. But he first concludes that he can't be a ghost because of the math of there's 12 but then I'm supposed to be 13, so why is he here? And I'm just like, I don't, I, I, I just don't understand anymore. Yeah. None of this makes sense to no,
0: me. Nope, none of it. And he takes off the classes and he, sees, he still sees his uncle. He's like, oh, you son of a bitch. You did this to him. You're still alive. You intentionally fucked with my family. And, you know, he like kind of beats him up.
2: And it's at this point, I think, that the maid, like,
0: does the, the record does scratching gig the because there's like Latin chants going through the she house. she to
2: fuck with it.
0: Yeah. And so she fucks with it by like, what's going on here? <laughs> Congratulations. You get to become the 13th ghost. Now get on your feet. <laughs> and that's like that frees the ghosts from their trance but, that they're standing in the circle. But the
2: kids are still in the middle.
0: Because these blades are, like, spinning around.
2: And the dad has
0: to jump to them. Well, no, that doesn't happen yet. First First the ghosts carry F. Marie Abraham to the machine and throw him in. And he gets all chopped up by all the blades, which is... Which must have splattered all over the children. Right. But it didn't. They seemed fine. They're still in the center of this thing, and, and and the ghost of Matthew Lillard shows up, which we didn't explain. He oh, dies. He
2: dies, and that was the worst part, because I'm like, you're the only
0: good thing. The juggernaut kills me. him,
2: but, but Have you noticed all the tension- They kill, in both movies, your favorite character, the funny guy.
0: Who's my favorite character in the first one? <gasps> Oh, you mean House on Haunted Hill. Yes. In the remake. Yes, yes, yes. Chris Kattan. Kattan. They kill Chris Kattan for no fucking reason. And he comes back as a ghost to smile at them. (laughs) He he saved them. You made this movie already two years ago. At least he saved them in that movie. In this
2: movie, yeah. He
0: comes back. So, okay, first of all, (laughs) he's killed by the juggernaut trying to save Tony Shalhoub in one of these, like, there's only room for one of us moments that doesn't make any sense because there's absolutely room for both of them. (laughs) It's a stupid sacrifice. But he saw before when he was looking at the juggernaut, he got a flash of his own death. So not only did he know his death was coming, but we knew and it took all the tension out of the scene just drained it right out of the scene. And he gets snapped in half by the juggernaut on the side of a wall or whatever. And he dies, but he comes back to tell Tony Shaloub, you got to jump in there. You got to jump in there for your family. That's something you got to do. And then, so he just, he times it perfectly right when all the blades are flat down and he jumps in and he makes it there. But since F Murray Abraham already jumped in this whole concoction thing is falling apart and it breaks and it shatters and they're left there alone safe. Meaning Tony Shaloub absolutely didn't have to jump in. It solved absolutely nothing and was entirely pointless. And Matthew Lillard, who told him, this is the way you need to save your family, just kind of stands there, looks at him, still cleaning his glasses for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's like smiles and nods. Yep. Did Good my job. job, did my job right here. You did nothing, Matthew Lillard. You're, you're the whole reason you came back to speak to him in this pivotal emotional moment, and you lied to him, and it was totally a pointless I'm lie. You
2: rewrites. It's got to be rewrites.
0: I guess, I guess, I guess maybe the argument is he jumped into the thing, and that's what prevented it from hurting him when it exploded, is because when it exploded, it would have hurt him if he was outside. So I guess maybe that's the deal, but it's really, really unclear. He just kind of smirks at (laughs) him. And then as they climb out, the nanny, who, uh, Raw Digga, who they still, they never found. She just did that scene. She just comes out and is like, nah, nah, fuck all this shit. I quit.
1: This is it for me. I'm on the first fucking plane back to North. Uh Uh-uh. I'm sorry, family, Kathy, Bobby, Uncle, Ghost. I am sick of this nanny shit. I've had it. This was not in the job description. I quit.
0: End of movie.
2: And this is where I wrote, the acting is so, 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 so bad.
0: The acting is so, 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 so bad.
2: And that made me think of um, the the Destiny's Child song. I feel so, 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 I Feels so 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 good, 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 good,
0: good. The acting is so, <laughs> so, 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 so 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 bad. <laughs> oh god! Now, this isn't the end, because there is one final indignity at the end of this movie. Now you know how I said Rodica is in this movie; she has the comedic element of. Right at the highest point of tension, when F. Murray Abraham is about to kill Tony Shaloub. she does the record-scratchy thing, and that's what solves the movie. <sighs> because remember, that breaks the ghosts free from their trance, and they're able to take F. Murray Abraham, throw him into the machine, they break the machine, which stops all of this. That's all because of Rod Digga. And I get... That she's actually a rapper or DJ or whatever in real life. She's part of...
2: Busta Rhymes.
0: Flip mode squad with Busta Rhymes. But she also gets to rap over the end credits.
2: Mirror, mirror, on on the the wall. wall.
0: Who gonna survive? Who be next to fall? It might be today. It might be tomorrow. So until I get the call, I'ma say I did it all. Mirror, mirror, on the wall.
1: Who gonna survive? Who be next to fall? It might be today, it might be tomorrow So until I get the call, I'm gonna
0: say I'm it all What does it even mean? Like, okay, I get the point of this song What the fuck does this have to do with the movie? That is like when people make fun of 80s rap That's how they make fun of it It is really, really bad
3: mm-hmm.
0: I hate this song <sighs> Lightning round, Kelsey? You want to talk about the fun things that Matthew Lillard gets to say and do?
2: I don't think I wrote down enough to really go through it. Um he do- he does a lot though. Like
0: He's wearing a funky suit under his coveralls.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> he is the only thing worth watching in this movie. And it's like I said, he he understood this is a comedy. Why does no one else get this? Yes. And he is hilarious. He made me laugh out loud multiple times throughout this film. Yes. Which is it's only saving grace because the rest of the movie is
0: awful. Yeah, okay, I'm not I'm not going to apologize to people that like the movie because like like I said before, I think I understand why you like it and I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's okay that you like this movie. I get it. I understand that. But I just this just makes me too mad for me to to for me to appreciate that. You're right. Matthew Lillard, he's the only thing that's good about this movie. If the rest of the movie just got on Matthew Lillard's wavelength, <laughs> they could have made something, like, really fun. Yes. They don't use the indestructible glass, which they repeat over and over again is indestructible, to stop the blades from moving. <laughs> he has it in his hands. And he's like... He had the he, conch in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> He, <laughs> just, he just drops the indestructible glass and is like, well, guess I got to run into it. Exactly. They
2: always, they drop the weapon. <laughs> they drop the thing that could, like, this movie falls prey to all of the tropes that Catherine
0: Woods is making Yeah, fun and, of. In, like, unintentionally. It, like, it's not <laughs> funny. Yeah. Oh, God. Roger Ebert included it on his most hated list.
2: <sighs>
0: yep. Totally get it. That's all I have to say about this movie. Is that all you got to say about it, too? Yeah. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? 13. 15. Damn! The production design is first. Yeah, right? That would have been great. The production design is first rate. If no. it was in another movie, maybe. But 13 Ghosts is distinctly lacking in scares. <laughs> yeah. Metacritic of 30. Cinema score of C+. What would you give it?
2: <sighs> I'm going to give it 13. 13.
0: Come right there with you. Let's make this movie fun in some way.
2: And the only reason is getting 13 is because of Matthew Lillard.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's all 13 of those points, baby. Oh, oh, Kelsey, you didn't mention. I know you wanted to mention because we breezed over it when he says, I hate when they do that. Bob posted that on our Twitter feed when we wrote that we were going to be doing 13 ghosts. Uh, I hate when they do that and what that's referencing is Matthew Lillard getting pissed off at the ghosts <laughs> that they wait until you're about to put on the glasses and they get really right up close to you and right in your face and scare you? <laughs> I hate when they do that.
3: <laughs> I hate it when they do that! What?
0: They wait for you to stick your
1: face right up against the glass and then they give you a, a big fat boom. Matthew-,
2: <laughs> Matthew Lillard has so many good lines in this and I feel like he must have yeah. ad-libbed them or they were all guns yeah. lines.
0: It's like I he was given the I'm job sad. just right for Lillard.
2: <laughs> I'm sad that Lillard doesn't do more.
0: Yeah, he's the last so thing I, I this is by no means a testament. I'm not going to look it up, but the last thing I actually remember him being in is The Descendants, where he oh, was that's right, where he was the other he's guy kind of the to jerk, George isn't Clooney. He? No, he's totally a fine dude. Oh. He's just boring. Just kind of a normal dude. Mm. He's not Matthew Lillard at all. And it's good to know that he can do some dramatic roles. But, like, come uh, back, Matthew Lillard.
2: Excuse me. Excuse me. SLC Punk.
0: Oh my God, yes. He's
2: phenomenal. He's the reason I
0: cry every time I watch that (laughs) movie. It's because of Matthew Lillard's Snot Crying. <laughs> that's
2: in my top five movies of all time. Because it is so good and no yes. one knows how good But
0: is. that's kind of a comedy too. But he just has this has incredible dramatic wellness. moment in it. Yeah. Like, oh, he's really good. But he's basically, like, what he does now is he's basically Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. He does the voice of Shaggy now. After doing the character in the movies, he's...
2: Which, I mean, good for him. Yeah. It's a good paying gig. Great. Good for him. But I think he's really funny, and I wish he could do more.
0: Yeah. What are you doing? What did I just say? Did I just say there's a petting zoo downstairs? No. There are ghosts downstairs, Arthur. All right. That was 2001's 13 and Ghosts. (laughs) So no.
2: thank you, Chloe. Yeah,
0: thank you, Chloe. I really hope we didn't upset you too much. Uh,
2: yeah. I hope not. I we didn't really hurt hope feelings. you
0: understand. Where Maybe we're you coming like from. it
2: because it's silly. Maybe yeah. you like those. And that's I, I, think, I would like understand I say, that. I
0: think that's why a lot of people like this movie is because it is just nuts. It is bonkers. So don't forget to stick around at the end of the episode. We're gonna get into Halloween talk. What are we watching next week, Kelsey?
2: Next week. Is the week of Halloween. It is. And so to commemorate Halloween, we are going to do another
0: double feature. Yeah.
2: Of Halloween 2.
0: Yep. Oh, yay. I'm not excited. So, okay. Every
2: year on Halloween, we're going to do this. As long as we do this, we're going to do this. Yes.
0: So Halloween 2 is a direct sequel to the first Halloween movie. It takes place... That night.
2: So if you want to be prepared, go back and listen to our third episode where we did Halloween and Halloween.
0: Yes. So we're going to do Halloween 2 and Halloween 2.
2: Which, I don't know if you remember this, Chris. We said we would never watch. Did we? Zombies Halloween 2. I feel like
0: that was something you said.
2: And we're going to watch it.
0: Yeah. It's going to be. And it's going to suck. It's going to be something.
2: It's going to suck.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: I look forward to next year when we won't have to watch a zombie version. However, Halloween 3. What we're going to do with
0: Season of the Witch.
2: I'm not excited for either. (laughs) I love
0: that movie. I love that movie. God. Okay. Six more days till Halloween. We're not there yet, sir. That's next year. Next year. Next year. Okay, fine.
2: This time we get another Laurie Strode
0: movie. Yes. It's just... Hey, what happened after he got away?
2: And she gets dun, taken dun. to
0: the hospital. So what <laughs> yes. happens now?
2: We get to see a lot of people walking around hospital.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, speaking of Halloween, we're going to talk about the new 2018's Halloween. That's right. First non-spoiler talk, then we'll wrap up the episode, and then we'll do some spoiler talk if you want to hang around then. Directed by David Gordon Green who did Vice Principals, Eastbound and Down, so these are all Danny McBride stuff, Uh, Joe, The Sitter with Jonah Hill, Your Highness, and Pineapple Express, more Danny McBride stuff, and a few independent movies, George Washington, All the Real Girls, Undertow. It was written by David Gordon Green, Jeff Fradley or Fradley or something, and Danny McBride. Yes, that Danny McBride based on characters, of course, by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Judy Greer as her daughter, and Annie Matichak as her granddaughter. Three generations of women in this film.
2: And PJ Souls.
0: Yes, and PJ Souls has a cameo in it, yes. So the premise is, from IMDb, Laurie Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. Kelsey, should people go see this movie?
2: If you are a fan of the Halloween series, you absolutely must.
0: Yes, this is absolutely a celebration of the original film.
2: Yeah, it does a lot of fan service. Do I think that if you are not a Halloween fan, you will enjoy it? There's a possibility you will enjoy it. There is also a possibility that you will be bored, because this movie is not very scary.
0: Right, but I don't think you need to have seen the movie. I think the movie does a good job of... Giving you the information you need.
2: You don't, you don't, but if you haven't seen seen the
0: original Halloween, what are you doing? I think, (laughs) I think that's really young kids because I've heard from a lot of parents directly, like people I know, who are like, Yeah, I'm gonna go take my daughter to see it. And she has no idea that there was an original, she just really wants to see this one.
2: I mean, look, I, I, I don't, let's just really quickly say what we thought about it. I thought. It was really well shot. I thought the cinematography, the cinematography was. Cinematography is
0: incredible. Michael Simmons, it's just full of little moments, maybe ten or so throughout the movie is what I was saying after we got out, that made me think, oh, oh well that was fun. Thanks, movie.
2: It's really well done. But the movie itself is kind of long, and there's a lot of stuff in it that is really unnecessary. It's like an hour
0: and 45 minutes or something like well, that. Well, it felt long. even longer yeah. than that.
2: Like it just drags for part of it. I and was fine with the length. I thought the ending was quite good. I really liked the ending. But just getting there, it just felt like. Uh,
0: it can be cheesy at times. Very
2: cheesy sometimes. It can be
0: unbelievable at yep. times. Yeah. But. It was really fun. Part it, of it it is just a joyful celebration of the original. But
2: And there are homages throughout to the entire well not, we'll talk about not that. necessarily the entire series. No. But I found at least four of the movies. We'll being talk homaged. about those
0: in spoiler talk when, when they're references to the original films, the original film uh, series. It's also really, really gory.
2: It is. It's quite gory. I,
0: I don't call this I don't call this a spoiler, but I'm going to give you a line a character says in it. One character effectively says one dude killing five people isn't that big a deal by today's standards. And they're saying that about the original. They need to step it up if they want to make a movie for today. And they do. It is super gory. And it's just like kind of fun. When people die that you don't want to die, you're still having fun. Like,
2: There's one death in it that was shocking. Yes But the rest of it is oh, pretty good Oh
0: god yes I remember what you're talking about Oh my god yes.
2: That took me like by oh my, major surprise The whole
0: audience gasped
2: Yeah but I mean the rest of the movie is It's a pretty typical Halloween film It's just yeah it just adds a lot more gore than If you
0: to. like Halloween Particularly the original and only the original Of course See this movie Of course All right, that was our spoiler-free talk about Halloween. If you stick around, we'll talk a little bit about spoilers after this. Next week, we are watching Halloween 2 and Halloween 2. It's a double feature. Until then, you can always reach us at podcemetery.com, where you can browse all of our episodes and a list of every movie we've ever had on the show. You can leave a comment there to share your thoughts on each of these movies, or you can recommend one or two for us to cover in a future episode. You can also do that via email at podcemetery at gmail.com or by following us on Twitter at podcemetery. I'll oftentimes add comments that we didn't think of when the mics were on, and uh, sometimes we'll add other comments about what's going on in the zeitgeist Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. This one is very important. We just got our first scathing review, which I think is is fine. I just think we're not the show that he was looking for, but he still managed to give us one star for that. So (laughs) if you haven't rated us yet, please go do that. If you can think of something that we can do to make our show even better, please let us know. We are always looking for ways to... To improve. The second most important thing you can do is share us with friends. The absolute most important thing that you're doing right now is listening to the show. Thank you so, so much. It means a lot that you listen to us. It means a lot that you engage with us on Twitter and via email and all the kind words people have to say about us. It It's awesome. And we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Now that that's been said, if you don't want Halloween 2018 spoiled for you, check out now. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Hello, Michael. Do you remember Lori
1: Strode?
0: Say something, Michael.
1: Say something! You don't believe in a boogeyman? You should... Happy Halloween, Michael.
0: Halloween. Rated R. Kelsey. Yeah. What would you like to say about Halloween that's spoiler-filled?
2: I guess the homages, and this isn't me. I didn't look any of this up. I, I just know these just off the top of my head. Yes. So I'm sure there are more. Yeah. Because even though I've seen the entire series, huh, Huh. I've, anyone who's seen the series would understand this. I basically checked out after I think uh I to like 5. Yeah. <laughs> 6, 7, and 8 are not in my memory. Um no. but that being said, there are multiple homages to the original film. Like for example, at one point she is sitting in class just like Laurie Strode is in the first one. She looks out the window and she sees in the original Michael in this one, she sees her grandma. Why her grandma's standing out there like a creeper? I don't know. But it, from a fan standpoint, it well, made people laugh. Well, it's happy. because
0: she's kind of nuts, and she <laughs> and she wants to watch over. She's lost her daughter. She doesn't want to lose her granddaughter. She's trying to watch over her, especially now when something big is going to happen, because this is the day that Michael Myers is getting trans- transported. And so she stops by the school to make sure her daughter's her granddaughter is okay first. Before she goes to actually watch the bus leave. Uh, that's that's one reference to Hall- Halloween 1. Do you have others that you'd like to talk about? Because I have a few here.
2: I'm sure there are tons. I, I don't take notes when I'm sitting in a movie theater. No, that's
0: fine. I took notes afterwards. <laughs> uh, the original theme.
2: Well, duh. That's in everyone.
0: Played Chuck by John three. Carpenter again. He played the theme and other songs in the soundtrack with his son, Uh, And there's a third man who also works on the soundtrack. Uh, The opening shot is a pumpkin that rotted out. So they just time-lapsed and reversed a rotted pumpkin coming back to being freshness. And it's the same design as in the first Halloween movie. It's totally dope. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Nick Castle, who was the original shape. There were three shapes in the original movie. No, there were four shapes in the original movie. One is one of the producers who they just had on set who needed to be the shape from across the street from far away. You couldn't tell it was a woman. The other is the prop guy who needed to break things like the uh, closet door. It was that was the prop guy doing that because he was good at breaking it and they couldn't do it more than once. (laughs) Uh, The third is the actor who played the actual face. And then the fourth is the actual uh, shape who did most of the acting. That was Nick castle who plays the maskless shape in this one. Mm-hmm. So whenever you see him with his beard and the white hair and the eye, that's Nick castle who played the original Michael Myers. Totally awesome. I love that. That's a good reference. They talk a lot about the boogeyman, um, the boyfriend stuck into a wall mm-hmm. off the ground with a knife.
1: Mm
0: hmm. um, Multiple times, Lori looks at closets with slatted doors. Mm -hmm. That's obviously from the original uh, when she's looking for Michael Myers. Uh, Laundry hanging outside.
2: Mm -hmm. A character. They knock one of the girls down a flight of stairs, just like they do with her in the first one. Yep.
0: A character gets tossed out of the window, the second story window, lands on the grass lawn outside. Character looks down and sees them, turns away. And when they look back, the character is gone. That's the ending of the first Halloween movie. This, that happens in this one. And the whole audience applauded when that happened. Kelsey kind of rolled her eyes because she totally saw it coming, which is fine. But that's not the point. This movie is just fun. It's fun. It does moments like that to be fun. That's That's all I have from Halloween 1. Halloween 2.
2: In Halloween 2, we see him on the run. So, oh, Halloween 1 ends with him disappearing. Yes. Well, in Halloween 2, it picks right up, and he is on the run walking through the neighborhood. And in this movie and in that movie, he walks into somebody's house. Yep. And just kills Lady to take her kitchen knife.
0: Yes. She's making a sandwich, just kills an old lady with a hammer, and then takes the knife. Yeah. And that happens again in this one. Um, and it's very well shot with this oneer. that's pretty impressive. I think, where it just kind of follows him around is a lot of fun. You get to see a lot more of Michael Myers in this one. Mm-hmm. It turns out he actually isn't her brother. They say that that's, a re- that's just something people made up.
2: Which is what ha- which we learn in the second one. Which we
0: learn in the second one, yeah. Uh, Halloween 3.
2: We see kids wearing the masks.
0: The silver shamrock masks. The, the pumpkin, the witch... And the skeleton. Mm-hmm. We see kids wearing those masks. Uh, now, that's the only Halloween references specifically that I could find. Most of them were to Halloween 1.
2: Well, there's also the one where Laurie gets pushed out a window, which is how she dies in in like 8 or whatever.
0: Yeah, she falls off of a building. Um,
2: and we see her fall the same way that they shot it in this one as well. Yeah.
0: There are a lot of other minor references according to the director, That the production design people put in to other movies. And he's like, I don't know what they are. (laughs) They just assure me that they are in this movie. So, that is that. That's all the references. Uh, Anything else you wanted to talk about? The storyline at all? What do you think about what they did to Lori?
2: I'm fine with it. I'm fine with making her like a crazy survivalist person. I'm fine with that.
0: I think that's awesome. I love it.
2: I'm not really fine with i can understand a daughter being frustrated like with the way that she was brought up like they do this in the terminator series in terminator 2 they do it in um the your next movie it's like i was brought up to be super paranoid and you can't live your life that way right i can see that A kid would be frustrated and annoyed with their parents. And what are the odds that this
0: one day would actually come?
2: Right. But at the same time, I'm not okay with everyone treating her like she's a crazy person. It's like, come on. Well, she does. She saw a bunch of her friends. I know. Straight up murdered. I know. know. All in one
0: night. But if she's going to constantly interrupt their lives and break down crying and refuse to get help at a certain point, you need to get that person out of your life. I totally understand that.
2: But it just, it just was like irksome that like all these people are like, who cares? Yeah. Five people. It's like, I'd like to see you watch five of your best friends get murdered in one night.
0: So that is what I really, really like about this movie. And that's, that's, this is the big thing that I have to say about this movie is that it puts a much larger focus on victims and what being a victim actually does to them and ways that they can, ...prevent themselves from being a victim and ways that they can, you know, even even after something so horrible happening to them, ways that they can still be strong. It seems obvious to me that this movie is an indictment. Not only of, like, the real world's obsession with offenders, right? When there are documentaries about murderers, it's about the murderer, Right? How many stories do you hear about Ed Gein? How many stories do you hear about the people he killed? How many stories do you hear about John Wayne Gacy? He killed over a dozen people and buried them under his house. And we never hear about the lives of those people. We are obsessed with offenders. And it goes to things that aren't murder. That kid who was caught raping a passed out woman. And people were talking about, well, we don't want to ruin his life by putting him in prison. Because we just have this obsession with offenders and we fail consistently to consider victims. But this is both in real life and in horror cinema. As franchises drag on, including Halloween, by their nature, because the villain is the only thing connecting all of them, the villain becomes the focus and then becomes the protagonist. You start to root for them and this movie is saying that that's a problem by by making Lori's life uh ruined, we're forced to reckon with like the long term consequences of what the offender did and not with the offender themselves. But then we make her prepared, trained, assertive, and literally wishing Michael Myers could come back into her life so she can fucking kill him. And she gets the opportunity to do that. We get more looks at Michael and what he does in this movie than the original, but we're still, like, rooting for his downfall. And when they win at the end of this movie, all three of these women, I should point out, win, it is just awesome like yeah. it's celebratory it the feels fantastic really good
2: it doesn't feel cheesy which i was really worried they were gonna do yeah no. i got really worried towards the end that it was become cheesy. and to be honest they did an excellent job of taking it seriously and not making it silly and ridiculous when
0: judy greer starts panicking after she grabs that gun i thought oh no movie don't do this you're doing so well don't make her break down And then she's like, gotcha. And she shoots him. I was like, fuck yes. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. That was really, really cool. And I absolutely loved that part about this. Lori is even given some traits of Michael Myers in this. Because if you're going to root for somebody who does stuff like this, then let's give Lori those traits and have you root for her instead. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the one who's the hunter. She's on the prowl. She is searching the house for him. And she is prepared, and when she finds him, he will die. She disappears after she falls out of the second floor window, which is what Michael got to do in the first movie. We see her in that shot, like you say, outside the school, staring in at the character who's inside the school, which is normally given to the shape. But instead, we get this strong, maternal character demonstrating that. And you can argue you know, like, it's creepy and, you know, what have you. But this is a character who also loves this grandmother. So it, so I think that's fine. Despite how much we follow Michael Myers and Allison, the young woman, this, this movie is very much Laurie's movie.
2: It's definitely a female empowerment film. Yes. And it, I, I do agree that it is leaning heavily into the whole, like stop putting the offenders in the the spot the spotlight. Yes.
0: This is this is this is the heart of why this movie is actually a celebration of the original. It's for the fans, but it's like a catharsis for the fans. It's like redemption for what became rooting for Michael. We can enjoy this franchise and root for the victim. And I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. That's why I absol- I came out of this movie absolutely loving it. I thought it was really, really cool. Any other last-minute comments on Halloween, Kelsey? Nope. I think there's something you do want to talk about. First of all, I'm bummed that the boyfriend just disappeared after the dance and was never killed. He's never one of the victims. All of her friends were killed... And we liked all of them. Even the kid who made that piss poor decision to hit on her and try to kiss her. No, I didn't like him. I well, I didn't like him at that point.
2: Oh my god. The moment he started talking about the fact that she deserved someone better. Yes. I was just like, no no, 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 no.
0: The whole audience knew it too. The audience was like, no, dude. And it sucks because you're really rooting for this guy. And we get to feel a little bit of what women feel when men in their lives treat them this way. And I think that's great. But he dies, but the boyfriend who was a total asshole doesn't. Ah, it's like, oh man, I wanted him to die. He's the biggest asshole. But here's the thing: he kills a kid. He kills a kid, and the whole audience gasped. This kid that we really like, this kid that we see be terrified. He
2: dances his life.
0: And he just wants to dance. (laughs) He'd rather be dancing. And he tells I just want his dance. hick hunter father, <laughs> and he looks like a cool kid, and he just, he just wants to dance like it's nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to be ashamed of, and I, I appreciate that. I thought that that was really cool. And we get to see him be scared, and then he doesn't get to get away in the end like we're used to.
2: Yeah, I was – Shocked. I mean, here's the thing.
0: And it was it's, on camera. It wasn't like it cut away.
2: Right. It's not that Halloween has shied away from killing children. We see a lot of that in Halloween 3. Yeah. And in Halloween 4 and 5, he's literally going after a little girl. Right. Like a child. Right. <laughs> um. And, and- but he never actually, he, he never physically kills her. And in Halloween 3, nobody physically kills the children. It's a bunch no. of-
0: But in this, we see him grab him by the head and neck and and snap snap
2: his neck. A child.
0: And that's on screen for us to see. And it was shocking. Yeah. It was incredibly like my mom could never see this movie. (laughs) Not like she would. She doesn't watch any of these movies. She can't deal with kids and animals dying and she just would not be able to deal with this.
2: But oh. I think they're just they're just trying to get into the whole like he's pure evil thing again.
0: Yeah, but but then they he he passes by a baby's crib, stops, looks in it and moves on.
2: Yeah, I thought they were going to kill the baby and I was like, here we go again. And then he didn't and I'm like, okay, okay, movie. You don't you don't get to choose one or the other here. Well,
0: I think, well, two things. Number one, the director said he put it in there as just a moment to be like, it was kind of a last minute decision. They had, when they were populating these houses, they put a crib in there and they're like, oh man, what if Michael Myers comes across this crib? What's he going to do? And so they just had him stop and then move on and not kill the baby. Um, It wasn't like a really, really thought out thing. But I think it shows that the reason he killed this kid is because the kid, kid or not, was a threat. And... Carried a gun and shot at a guy who was on his side a little bit. As far as he knew. Right. And, you know, he was an adult. I don't think he sees age that way. He sees, because remember, he was what, six or something when he killed his sister. Mm -hmm. So, like, this kid is like, what, 13? Mm -hmm. That's over twice as old as he was when he killed. He's an adult. To Michael Myers, but the baby, that's a different, that's a, that's, that's a whole different thing. Might as well be an animal.
2: Yeah, well, he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from killing animals. He yeah. He killed the yeah, dog yeah. in one.
0: <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about, I know we're talking a long time, this movie, this episode's going to be forever long, but I, I think you're going to be happy I bring it up. Jabrail Nantambu is the awesome kid that her friend is babysitting in this movie
2: that's right he is pretty great he
0: is so fucking awesome and according to the director most of his lines were ad-libbed shut
2: up dave
0: (laughs) i burst out laughing he was hilarious oh shit (laughs) and after he runs away and like we never see him again. And I am so bummed. Yeah. That's why I forgot about him. And he was brought him up. so good. He was, he was awesome. His delivery was great. And the story that the director tells is that they were having a long day of filming auditions and he was asking every kid to open a closet to just to see what they would do or whatever. And when he, at the end of the audition, when he asked this kid to open the closet, his response was, nah, I'm done. and so he liked him so much Uh he thought he had a really great personality that they brought him in and just they the this the babysitter girl who i liked her a lot too she was cool Mm -hmm. and him just had this really great banter going back and forth and it was really really fun
2: you're gonna smoke weed i know you're gonna smoke weed (laughs) you think i don't know what that means (laughs) he's so funny it was
0: great and i i Final word, I can't wait to see this movie again. You know what? Next year, when we do Season of the Witch, we can do this one.
2: Well, we've kind of already ruined it.
0: We kind of covered everything we want to cover. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, that was our spoiler-filled discussion of 2018's Halloween. Thank you for sticking around this long. If you did... Until next week, I've been Chris. I
2: have been Kelsey. And
0: this has been Pod Cemetery. Kelsey, any last words?
2: There are ghosts in the basement.
0: This basement?
2: Of course this basement! What is it with you people? If it was the basement next door, I wouldn't give a shit, would I? <laughs> Let's go.
1: Trying to figure out why I captivate people when I don't even trust. Like all the things that I took for granted, but now that I'm older, I surely understand it. Every single day, trying to carry out tasks, celebrate another birthday. Life moving too fast. Every minute, hour, each day and night, making sure I stay focused and keep my mind right. Never knowing what drama that life could bring. Inspirational with every song I sing, making sure that I'm not overcome with greed Got enough security for my seed. It go like any given day. I can take fifty grand, snatch her out of school and head to Disneyland. Or maybe just toys a rust in the mall. Her life is straight, baby girl gon' have it all. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who gon' survive who be next to all? It might be today, it might be tomorrow. going so until I get the call and say I did it all.
0: Mirror, mirror. And that thing just kinda catches uh, it, it you see the the coming <laughs> And remember when I said that the boy sliding down the banister was a pivotable pivotable? Was a pivotal plot point? Okay, so <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth is dancing in the backyard with her little brother. They're just Shannon holding Elizabeth.
2: hands. I thought it was Jessica Alba.
0: What? No, Shannon Elizabeth. Oh. Like Jessica Al- Jessica Alba?
2: I thought that was Jessica Alba.
0: No, what? Shannon Elizabeth, the topless chick from American Pie.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: Jessica Alba's from Sin City, among other things. Dark Angel, Flipper.
2: They look a lot alike.
0: They do not.
2: They've got big eyes and They big have lips. a similar
0: skin tone. They do not look alike big at all. Big
2: eyes and big lips and skin tone. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky, tricky, tricky. Not
0: tricky. that tricky. <laughs> As
2: for <on>
1: DMC. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because I love Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes is awesome. He's a terrible actor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: W- w- wasn't he in one of the uh, Halloween movies?
0: He was in, I think it was H2O. <laughs> or maybe Resurrection. And LL Cool J is in one of them too. But Buster Rhymes was in one of them. And uh, he actually gets to beat the shit out of Michael Myers. And he's also in Finding Forrester. Is that the name of the movie? You're the man now, dog. I think so. The Finding Forrester. Yeah, I He think- plays the older brother in that. He's not half bad. That John Carpenter's dead. Are you thinking of Wes Craven?
2: Oh, yeah, probably. Shut up, Dave.
0: <laughs> I think any last words is a great way to introduce your last line of the show. That is awesome, and we're going to do that from now on. Okay. I love that. Kelsey, you figured it out. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.